Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. All right, here we go. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting day today. Uh, you're, you're kind of stuck with me for three hours. <laughs> so, oh, good, the comments are coming in. All right, let's see what we can hear. Thanks, uh, thanks, Marco. Good morning. Uh, so Marco's checking in from the Netherlands. Well, here's the problem. Uh, I have three reports that are scheduled for today, and everybody has stuff that has taken them away from the show. So Bill Fecky's been up for a while, but he'll be back. Uh, it's just a question of time. Probably a few weeks, uh, Bill will join us again. And that's going to be in the, it usually starts our Wednesday show. Um, last minute, uh, Wendy Arthur has something come up and she won't be able to join us this morning. And Diane Warner, who's uh, taking a few weeks off as well, uh, our election integrity and medical freedom reporter. So my normal three reports scheduled, uh, <laughs> there's nobody here. Normally I have off uh, the, the second hour of the show from eight till nine. Uh, that's central time here, but not today. Today I got the whole show. So uh, you know, if people have comments as to as to what's happening, um, then let's uh, let's go. In fact, let me ask Marco a question in the Netherlands. Uh, he he's on live chat. So if you want to check our conversation, that's the best way to do it. Because I noticed and I got a bunch of comments uh, and, a, and a ton of articles. So I, I've got plenty of material for today, uh, including a bill that I have revamped. I'm going to do much more with legislation. So I, I think I've I've kind of reached the end of my guest. Uh, phase, unless I have some really important people that get dropped in my lap. You know, I've heard from the people I really want to hear from, Ed Dowd, Drs. McCullough and uh, Malone, um, Trump folks, Peter Navarro, Christina Bob, uh, some other people, David Stockman on economics, uh, Robert Spencer, who was just a fabulous guest uh, on, on the coming civil war. And so I've really gotten a, a good amount of, of decent information here. Um, probably the first time I want to talk to you next would be Roger Stone. And I have some articles by him. It's interesting that uh, what he's come up with in terms of Trump and uh, Robert Francis Kennedy, uh, who I'd love to get on the show. Uh, he, Judy Mikovits, Dr. Mikovits knows uh, uh, Bobby Kennedy. And she said so on the show, so I'm not, I'm not betraying any confidence here. Uh, she calls him Bobby. I said, you call him Bobby? She says, yeah, everybody calls him Bobby. <laughs> which I think is kind of funny. So anyway, that's part of our, our 18 weeks of the world's greatest doctors panel, which ran last year from uh, spring uh, until falls. So that was four months. Let me see, 16, three, uh, three, about three and a half months. Yeah, three and a half months every Thursday for three hours of the world's greatest doctors talking about COVID. Well, we're pretty much done with COVID. Uh, in fact, I was, uh, you know, I, I still have the CDC chart that, that COVID really ended in mid-July of 2020. Everything after that was just government hoax, vax mandates, and all kinds of other things. So my question for Marco, because, uh, and this is what, uh, what caught my attention right away, um, one of our dairy farms had an explosion in Texas. I'm like, oh, well, isn't that interesting? Where, where have we seen this before? I don't know, airplanes flying into uh, food processing plants and uh, Bill Gates buying up all our farmland and uh, they want to put, uh, you know, messenger RNA vaccine, you know, into our meat. You know, that's just unbelievable. You know, if, if a terrorist did that, they'd be executed. <laughs> you know, but if the government does it, it's okay. Right? See, that, see, that's the problem. It's governments do things that, uh, that other people will be executed for, you know, as an act of, of terrorism. You know, if you said, uh, you know, the Hamas wants to put uh, messenger RNA vaccine material into our meat, you know, there'd be a war against Hamas, you know, tomorrow. Maybe, well, not with the Brand administration. They, they'd, uh, you know, Obama would make sure that, the, that nothing was actually done to hurt them. But, you know, the propaganda would be really strong. Um, 
But as far as Trump would just take them out, you know, be, there wouldn't even be a question. But because the government wants to put um, vaccine, you know, DNA into our meat, uh, it's okay, right? See, that's, see, that's the difference. So who are the real terrorists? Well, obviously the government is because they can do it, and uh, the government's not going to punish themselves for terrorism. So my question for for Marco, as I as he's listening, going, Greg, when are you going to get to the question? Is that uh, the Dutch farms? Uh, have been the victim of a complete misinformation campaign that somehow nitrogen is bad and we have to take away farmland and, and produce, you know, bio lab, synthetic food, soil and green, you know, that kind of stuff um, because we can't have farmland. We can't have nitrogen. Well, the atmosphere is 72% nitrogen. If nitrogen was a problem, life on earth would have died out millions of years ago. <laughs> okay. So nitrogen is not the problem, folks. In fact, I'm kind of surprised that oxygen is only about 22%, and there's like 1% something else, a bunch of other things. You know, eat the, eat the Marco says eat the bugs. I'm not going to eat the freaking bugs, Marco. I'm not going to eat the bugs. Actually, it's kind of funny because I actually had a fried grasshopper years ago as a college prank, and I'll tell that story sometime. Uh, well, I'll tell it now, <laughs> now that I mention it. So way back when I was really, you know, bad, <laughs> you know, not now that I've mellowed in my, my mid sixties, but uh, when I was much more uh, aggressively obnoxious, um, I know y'all find that hard to believe, but no, that, um, it was, it was a, it was a joke gift to my father when I was a kid, I bought him a can of fried grasshoppers because I, I, I don't know where I found them. It was in some store somewhere. And I figured what's the dumbest thing I can give my father for Christmas. Right. You know, just because I was in that kind of mood and he was that kind of dad. So, so I bought a can of fried grasshoppers. Here you go. <laughs> Well, there's more, too. You know, obviously, that wasn't my only gift, but it was one of the funnier ones. And he gave it back to me, <laughs> and it sat on my shelf for years. And then I got to college eventually, you know, like five, six years later. And I thought, I still got this can of fried grasshoppers. Well, they don't have an expiration date, right? Don't ask me why, but apparently fried grasshoppers live forever in the can. And, and so I thought, well, I got to do something with this. So it was freshman year. It was the end of, uh, it was the, end of the year. It was exam time, final exams. And, of course, I'm in a bad mood anyway. Uh, because I hate final exams. I, I hate studying all night. And, you know, I didn't shave uh, for the entire week. I looked terrible. <laughs> you know, I did that on purpose just to make the professors think I was working harder. Anyway, so I, uh, so I, brought my, so I opened up my can of fried grasshoppers finally. And I got my breakfast, which was, you know, factory eggs. So, so in, in the cafeteria at the University of Massachusetts. In fact, anybody, I wonder if anybody was there who remembers the story. Because someday I'm going to run into the people that, uh, that know me from way back when. Anyway. So um, I got my eggs, which are basically folded over factory eggs, cut. They're, they're like they produce on an assembly line, right? And so I got my eggs, went back to my, my table, and I, I sprinkled, you know, seven or eight of my fried grasshoppers onto my eggs, <laughs> all right? Because uh, if you look at table salt, it has an expiration date. Oh, that's interesting. Table salt has an expiration date. Table salt is a rock, <laughs> you know, sodium chloride. Folks, it's, salt is a rock. It's, a, it's, a, it's actually a mineral, which makes it a rock, too. Salt has an expiration date, probably because it absorbs moisture. That would be my guess on why salt has an expiration date. But apparently fried grasshoppers in a can can, can go on forever. Anyway, so I, uh, I sprinkled about five or six or seven. I'm not sure. How, I've sprinkled a few, quite a few, actually, grasshoppers onto my eggs. And, of course, then I go back into the cafeteria with the blue-haired ladies, you know, who are, are short and round. And they're just wonderful people, but they weren't ready for this. And so I said, excuse me, I don't know how to explain this, but uh, I, think you, I think you fried up some grasshoppers in my eggs. Okay, I'm doing this with a perfectly straight face, right? And so they're dying. Not only are they upset, but apparently uh, words through the, 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 the chow line, as it were, and everybody left. They took one, you know, the first person looked at the grasshoppers, and, and she walked out almost throwing up. Everybody else left. And so everybody walks out of the cafeteria, and they're like, oh, my God, no, I can't believe it. Give me that, give me that plate. We'll give you fresh eggs. 
I said, I'm thinking to myself, what, are you kidding? <laughs> Your cure for my, my problem is to give me more of the same? <laughs> anyway, so uh, I said, wait a minute. No, they, they actually look pretty good. So I, I picked up one of the fried grasshoppers, ate it right in front of these people. Now they're about to throw up. And I said, no, I think I'll just keep them. <laughs> and I went back to my table. Ah, next time, try it with a mouse. No, I'm not going to eat a mouse, Marco. <laughs> Marco thinks I'm funny. So this is why I love technology. I'm talking directly to Marco in the Netherlands, you know, live in real time, as they say. Well, can someone explain to me what false time is? I have no idea. Anyway, so that's why that's the kind of stuff I used to do. Now, now I'm much more sensible, logical. Now I now I do my pranks on action radio. Uh, but uh, that was that was that was a good time. I was like, um, no, I think I was 18 by then. Yeah, and so yeah, I didn't turn 18 until halfway through my my first semester. So I actually started college at 17. Big mistake. I was too young for college, too young for a lot of things, and just uh, you know, I got thrown into these situations and just did them anyway. All right. So what are we going to talk about today? We've got a lot of time. Uh, 215-383-3832 is the number to call in. Uh, I've got, uh, in fact, my folks yesterday reminded me that I should mention this more often. Uh, I have a Substack um, series of articles. I'll be putting out another one today on my, my conservative glossary. It's all the terms that we can use to fight the left. And it should be kind of fun. <laughs> so you can take a look at that. But if you go to gregpengliss.substack.com, um, you will find that uh, you can subscribe and you can actually do a paid subscription. I'm suggesting $10 a month, you know, but uh, if you want to do $5 a month or if you want to, uh, you know, cover the year for 100, 100 bucks and, and help Action Radio, that would help Action Radio. You know, especially I figure ongoing small contributions from a lot of people uh, would be really cool. And so if you want to do that, that would, that would seriously help us here. Uh, and I could, uh, you know, get the show going, market it more, do, do more. There's a lot of things I want to do here. Um, but so we're under such censorship from big tech, they hate us. I mean, obviously, you know, my Facebook posts get nowhere. Now I can't even post um, pictures for some reason. I don't know how it's happened, but at the Blog Talk studio screen, when I go to post my show on Facebook, I used to have the, the thinker, you know, my big picture of the statue of the thinker, Rodan. It's, the, uh, it's kind of like the emblem of the show. Uh, it's not appearing on my Facebook posts. And I, I told blog talks that, look, I'm not posting this until you guys fix this. Get my picture back on um, my promos. Otherwise, I'm not going to do it. You know, doesn't help blog talk, doesn't help Facebook, doesn't help, doesn't help me. Um, but obviously, the show actually is doing really well. We, we have over 20 different podcast sources right now. Uh, Apple Podcasts is probably the biggest. Uh, Chrome is another one. Uh, and some different ones are out there. But the Apple Podcasts, we're, we're there, and that's, that's sincerely helping us also, as well as the Block Talk. You can just go to Block Talk Radio uh, and catch any of our podcasts, too. So that's big. So things are happening, but uh, right now they're not happening on Facebook. Twitter's letting me post, but Twitter censors me so much. I have the same amount of followers now as I did four years ago. Well, that's, that's impossible. You know, nobody, nobody stays steady. No, you know, there's no increase. There's no decrease. Uh, it's the same number, and uh, it's crazy. There's, you know, which I, obviously the show has grown. Uh, the, 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 to think that there isn't one more person, that would be a follower of, of my Twitter account, you know, Action Radio GP. <laughs> you know, so that, that's impossible to see also. So anyway, but it's there. Uh, so there's massive censorship there as well. So all these things keep going. Okay, so let me get back to my, my comments, uh, and then I shall uh, – oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, oh, there we go. So, yeah, I've got article. Oh, let me get to the announcements. All right. I'm, I'm, like I say, a little, I got three hours. I can make mistakes. So I just I talked about already the fact that all my reporters are out today. <laughs> so instead of, you know, having me for, for uh, an hour and a half, you've got a full three hours. And so uh, actually, no, for, for an hour. I got through, you know, so I have two hours of reporters scheduled for Wednesdays. And uh, not today. <laughs> we'll see what happens next week. Next week is another week. Um, the other thing to announce, of course, is our, is our rally here. Our medical freedom rally is going to be on Friday. 
Uh, yes, my picture is not on the poster. Uh, I'm used to this kind of stuff. I, I get left out of everything. Um, and so, uh, so that's, uh, but I'll be there. I'll be there for, for, for my two minutes reminding people um, that uh, if you want change, you know, you have to make change. That if you don't change the laws, then nothing changes. You know, our vaccine bill, product liability bill is two years old. That bill was written before any vaccine mandates. It was written before anybody was kicked out of the military. It was written before anybody lost their job. It was written before any, any government employee was kicked out of their job for not getting uh, a COVID shot. Okay, so had that bill gone viral like it should have done if there were no big tech censorship and, and the country heard about this bill, it's a good she would have gone viral because it is the answer to all of our COVID problems in terms of government. It's not an answer to COVID. I mean, COVID's a virus. That's, that's a medical problem. You deal with, with it with hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin, uh, vitamin D, vitamin C, and azithromycin. I mean, Dr. Zelenko figured it out. That's how you deal with COVID. How you deal with government and big pharma is you get Congress to pass our product liability bill. That's how you do it. Um, but it didn't happen, and it didn't go viral, and it still, it still hasn't gone viral. It's, I mean, no, there's only one reporter who's reported uh, and had me on regarding that bill, and that's Emerald Robinson. At, uh, she's currently at uh, Frank's Beach at uh, Mike Lindell TV, and so she is a fabulous reporter. I'm, I'm not saying that just because she had me on the show, uh, although that certainly helps, <laughs> but no, she's just a fabulous reporter. And, and so apparently she's going to be on with uh, Dan Ball tonight on One American News. I hope she goes back there, quite honestly. That would be, that would be huge. For one thing, I have an amazing contact at One American News. Uh, and also, uh, we could get our, our message out. And so, you know, and I, I posted this on Facebook a couple of days ago. You know, do something uh, that will actually do something. And, and people are, are posting memes and they're sharing information. and There's all kinds of misinformation and crazy stuff out there. But basically, people aren't doing anything that's doing something. So if you want to do something that will do something, you've got to share uh, legislation because the laws are everything. The laws are being used against you right now. The laws are being used against you. Mandates were put into law, even though they were false law. They were illegal. They were unconstitutional. But the government used their false laws to victimize millions of people, to coerce them into taking something that a lot of folks now regret as they realize they have a ticking time bomb of death. Uh, and they thought they were doing the right thing, or they felt they had to do it to keep their job. Well, no job is worth dying for. It's just not. Okay? You don't owe your employer, whether it's the government or private industry, your life. Okay? You give work to them, and they pay you for it. That's it. <laughs> you know? uh, do you think they're loyal to you? No. How can you, there isn't a company or, or a government entity in this country that is loyal enough um, that uh, if the government says you have to do this, you know, the, uh, well, let me put it this way. Most companies and certainly most government uh, entities are not going to uh, um, worry about a bad law. They're just going to do it. Well, we have to do it. You know, as, as uh, Mayor Lindsay of Milton famously said, I'm just following the chain of command. When she wanted to impose mandates that weren't mandates, there were simply suggestions from the CDC. I got that on tape. It's not like I'm not, uh, it's not like I'm making this stuff up. Anyway, so the, most employers have no loyalty to you. Some do. There are actually some good companies out there. You know, Gore-Tex, for example, the Gore Corporation that makes uh, Gore-Tex, that waterproof stuff, apparently they're really good to their employees. You know, check out the 100 best corporations to work for. Um, you know, I think it was uh, Peters uh, wrote that book. And the other one is, um, and the other one, I guess, is the Peter Principle, rising, rising to the Level of Your Incompetence. But there's two really good books, uh, In Search of Excellence, maybe that's Tom Peters. The, the two good books on, on corporations are In Search of Excellence and The 100 Best Corporations to Work For. 
And so there are really good companies out there. I would guess that they did not mandate um, the, the, the deadly jab uh, on their employees. Uh, but a lot of companies did, and a lot of airlines did. You got pilots up there flying jabbed uh, and injured, and they don't want to say anything because they don't want to lose their, their flying career. So they're willing to endanger everybody on that airplane, including themselves, to keep the career because they took a jab they never should have jabbed. But 20% of the airline pilots didn't. And, uh, you know, when the airline said, well, you know, if you don't have the jab, you can't fly. We're like, okay. <laughs> you know, uh, you, you'll change that in a minute. When 20% of the airline pilots suddenly refused to fly, the airline's like, whoop, can't do that. So then the, uh, the mandate became a suggestion. So that's how it works. So you can resist. You can resist your corporation. You can resist your government. In fact, the whole show is dedicated to that. That's what we do here. Anyway, but the problem is that uh, not enough people are doing it. And so if you're sitting back and, and copying memes and uh, if you're sending you know, me videos of information that all of us already know, uh, if, you're, if your goal is to hear something again from a guest that you already know because you think you want other people to hear that same information and they're doing it to you too, uh, we already know the information, folks. Okay? We've known it for years. All right? The problem with COVID is not new information. The problem with COVID is putting vaccine product liability on big pharma. That is the goal. Anything short of that and you're just, you know, a tramster on a hamster on a treadmill, a tramster. <laughs> it's an interesting choice of words. But you're a hamster on a treadmill. You know, you're, you're, you're running as fast as you can, and you're accomplishing absolutely nothing, except maybe some heart-lung cardio. <laughs> but, and that's okay. You can do that too. But understand that that's what you're doing. But unless you are working with legislation, unless you are, as Jeff Childers, you know, a lawyer, said, you know, lawyers need tools to do their job, and the tools of lawyers is laws. So unless you're giving the lawyers the right laws, they can't do their job. Now, if you remember, it wasn't that long ago that um, Steve Kirsch, whose Substack I used to get <laughs> until I realized there's no point anymore, um, mostly because he wasn't covering uh, our, our, our bills. In fact, we, we were the solution. All the problems he talks about, all those articles, all those guests, all that research, all that, all that data that he publishes, all of that could be solved by simply you know, getting out there the vaccine product liability bill, but he never did. And I've been in touch with him personally. You know, I'm not going to say what I said. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to say what he said. But uh, I've been in touch with, with Steve Kirsch. Steve Kirsch held a uh, rally, not a rally, but a, con uh, a conference, a two-day conference in Atlanta specifically on COVID litigation. Well, the most important legislation for COVID litigation is vaccine product liability. That's it. That's the big enchilada. That's the whole thing. That's what the conference should have centered on. I mean, you can talk all you want with a bunch of lawyers and, 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 and make speeches and do whatever you want, but you're still the hamster on the treadmill. You're spinning fast, not going anywhere. Because unless you change the laws, the lawyers can't take those laws into court. They can't take a non-existent law into court. They can't sit there and try and argue vaccine product liability unless there's a law that allows them to do it. So until everybody across the country gets off their, their, their butts and starts, you know, just doing a very simple thing, copy the link to the bill, send it to your representatives, send it to your media, send it to your talk show host, call the shows and say, we want vaccine product liability. Here's the bill to do it. Until that happens, you're going to get more mandates. You know, Dr. Fascist, you know who I'm talking about, right? Dr. Fascist, you know, okay, Anthony Fauci. Yeah, go ahead, Fauci, come after me. I don't care. It'd be great for the show. Yeah. Same with the FBI, KGB. You want to arrest me? Arrest me. Why can't I be part of the club? You know, I guess you're not big enough until you've been arrested by the FBI. So, you know, uh, come on, in, guys. <laughs> you know, just just knock on the door. I'll open it up. I'm not going to resist. I'm just, you, want, you want to take me downtown? You know, take me downtown. Be happy to, to, to talk to you all. Oh, you're going to get an earful. <laughs> Do you think the FBI is going to want to listen to me? That would be really interesting. Anyway, I'll, I'll talk about it after it happens. 
But uh, if they want to know what's on my uh, my uh, computer, just ask me because everything is on my computer. I talk about on the show pretty much. Well, personal photos. But, you know, they want to gawk at my photos. That's 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 different. But uh, see my landscapes, <laughs> my pictures of San Francisco. You know, my kid. <laughs> yeah, re- really secret to clandestine stuff, right? Anyway, so uh, let's see what happens. You know, FBI, KGB. Here I am. You know, I mean, you know where I stand. I've been I've been against the the government policy since the beginning. And I've, I've never, I've never wavered. I've never shirked from that. I've never, I've never disavowed, you know, my uh, my obvious uh, claim that the government response to COVID was a complete and total hoax. It was designed to mandate a dangerous jab so that both government, big pharma, and big tech could all get rich. I mean, that's what it is. It's a marketing plan and a bioweapon. It's 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 like a binary weapon. You know, binary uh, binary weapon is one that can be used for civilian and uh, for military use. Well, well, COVID is a binary weapon. It's a bioweapon and a marketing device at the same time. And that's hard for people to understand because they're not used to it. Well, get used to it. Be flexible. Be mentally agile. You have to because that's what's happening out here. Anyway, so until that bill goes viral and multiple news sources. See, I'd love to get on Tucker Carlson's show. I get on Tucker Carlson, then everything will flow from that. But until multiple news sources report, not just Emma Robinson, um, multiple news sources report on that bill and Congress hears, you know, I'm in Matt Gates district. You would think, you would think with all the Republican organizations, with all the conservative organizations, with all the people that are here in Matt Gates district, along with me, that's Milton, Pensacola, Crestview, you know, I think Okaloosa is part of that. The County is part of it involved. I'm not sure. Uh, I'll have to look at the boundary, but all of Pensacola, Pensacola is the biggest city out here. All right. With all of Matt Gates district, with all the military people here, with all the veterans here, with all the, the, the money and the economy and the lawyers and the personal injury people and, uh, you know, all the politicians and everybody else that's here. You would think that the groups that are here, the conservative groups would have taken that bill to Matt Gates and said, we want vaccine product liability. But guess what? Not a single Republican group in Matt Gates district has endorsed vaccine product liability. Not a single conservative group, not just Republican, not a single conservative group has openly come out and endorsed vaccine product liability. Nobody I know. Now, does that mean it's a bad bill? Well, judge for yourself. I don't think so. Judy Mikovits doesn't think so. She's going around the country talking about this bill. Other doctors who have seen it, Malone, McCullough, they approve of it. Now, they're not speaking about it openly. I wish they would. But at least they, they said on my show that they, they think it's, a, you know, it's critical. Ed Dowd, you know, the Wall Street guy uh, who wrote the book. Um, oh, I keep forgetting the name of it. Cause I, uh, but anyway, it's about cause unknown. There we go. Cause unknown. He wrote the book cause unknown. Why are, all these, why are people dying all prematurely? He said with vaccine product liability, because they are not able, they are not sustainable. They cannot be sustained in the market. In a free market with liability, vaccines will not be there because the liability is too high because they're too dangerous. And the lawsuits are too high. They'll be off the market. And this is how we got big tobacco. We can get big pharma the same way. But you see, big tobacco didn't have a, didn't have a law that said cigarettes you know, or tobacco, um, no one can have a lawsuit against big tobacco. They didn't say that in law. So what happened? They got their asses sued off. Do you see them on TV? Do you see them in the movies as much? Do you see cigarettes anywhere? Are cigarettes being promoted as a good thing? No. Do you see cigarettes sponsoring sporting events? Well, maybe. I don't know, I'm not sure what the rules are, but their advertising has gone. Guess what we have? We have a bill uh, from Dr. Judy Mikovits and from another, from a listener 
which I'll be putting out hopefully in the next couple of days. I'm way behind on my legislation. Uh, I have been, I, so this is, I've been sort of restless the last little while. I think, what's wrong? What's, what's, what's not, what's not uh, right here? And I, I really don't have anybody to advise me uh, about the show specifically because, you know, it's, I'm the only one that knows everything about it because uh, I kind of created it. <laughs> so I'm kind of stuck with the, the burden. But I think, uh, I think our guest phase, our serious guest phase is over. And now it's time to get back to what we do best, which is legislation. So I'll be talking about that Friday, and I'll, I'll be releasing, uh, hopefully if I have it written out properly, uh, our new bill on banning drug advertising in the United States. And that should be uh, Friday night at uh, Blue Wahoo Stadium uh, in Pensacola. So that's where we're going with this. That's, that's where, where all this stuff is happening. Um, and so until people make it viral, you know, until they share it with Matt Gates every week, and he's one of the good guys. Don't get me wrong. I support Matt Gates. I like Matt Gates. I know him personally. Okay, he's a decent guy, but he's pulled in all kinds of directions. He's pulled in the direction of, of the loudest voices. Well, the loudest voices are not vaccine product liability. In fact, that voice isn't even there except me, Dr. Mikovits, and, and a few other people. Well, that's criminal. And this is what I don't understand. Okay, so if anybody wants to try and, and, and help me out as to why this is, why is it that you know the solution is vaccine product liability? You, the listener, you, your friends, you, your family, you, people across the country, you, people across the world, you know that if we can hold liability to these people, liability is one of your greatest guarantors of freedom because it allows you to hold corporations and government, hopefully, responsible for what they do. It's the only way in many cases to hold them responsible for what they do. And yet, it's not out there. Why? What are you people afraid of? Is it just laziness? You're already so apathetic you think it can't work? See, the big problem is people come up to me and, and they'll say, but Greg, have you got any bills passed yet? And in other words, are you worthy of my attention? Have you proven yourself to me? I don't have to prove myself to you. I know this works. And I know this will work. And I know when millions of people catch on, it's going to be just fine. So if you're asking you know, me to have a bunch of bills passed, to prove myself worthy to you, at that point, I don't need you. And, and you being the person who says, well, you haven't got any bills passed yet, you know, it, it doesn't work. I don't need you people because you're not helping. Okay, this requires a little bit of faith. You have to be a pioneer along with me. You have to believe that this will work. Be, and the evidence is pretty clear. There's not really a lot of belief in it because you know that product liability worked against big tobacco. Look at where the cigarettes are now. Look at the cigarette, look at the tobacco industry. Where are they now? And why are they the way they are? Vaccine product liability. Excuse me, not vaccine. A, correction, Greg. I got this stuck in my brain. Product liability. Tobacco companies were held liable for their products. Okay? That's what got big tobacco off the, off the, the screen. Now, personally, I despise cigarettes. I hate them. I've hated the smell of them since I was born. Uh, they make me sick. So that's why I've never smoked. My parents did <laughs> a lot. This is, and I always hated it. Um, but would I make them illegal? No. But in public places, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't want to smell that stuff. I don't want to be subjected to it. Okay? And the reason it's different, you know, people say, what about guns, Greg? You know, why, why should I be subjected to your guns? Because guns don't do anything to you. <laughs> they don't. So a gun sitting in a holster, you know, unless you knew it was there, you know, if, you don't, if you don't feel good about it, that's not my problem. Because our rights aren't based on feelings. But if someone is smoking a cigarette, putting obnoxious chemicals that are deadly into the air that I have to breathe, now you're acting my air. See, that's different. Someone walks in with a gun, and of course, I don't care if anybody walks in with a gun. Uh, chances are I'll have one too. <laughs> you know? But the thing is that uh, um, that's different. See, so, so you can't equate emotions you know, to health because a gun does nothing to your health. 
hopefully, if it does, it's going to be to somebody who's trying to kill you. And you definitely want to stop them. And, yeah, that's going to affect their health. It's going to affect a lot of things. It may take their life. But look at all the shootings that are going on now. So let's talk about shootings for a minute. <laughs> I have a ton of articles. I'll get to them, I promise. But uh, sometimes it's more fun just to talk because I think it's more interesting than reading. So let's talk about shootings. What, what, creates, what creates an assassin? The left. You know, so, so they're all talking about the reason the left talks about gun violence and confiscating guns is because they are the problem. They are the ones creating mass public shooters. They create mass public shooters because of the system that they designed in education, propagandizing, getting rid of God, country, and family, taking away a spirit of nationalism, taking away individual achievement, individual pride, individual self-esteem, stripping the individual so much they don't even have a, have, have a sex anymore. They're not males or females. They're just kind of it. You know, because if you can change your sex by removing parts and chemically altering your body, uh, then there is no sex, there is no gender, there is no male and female, and that's what they want. They want a genderless, sexless, uh, personless society of clones. Everybody's the same. And then they'll divide it by other things, race, you know, class, whatever they want to do. Like I'll, I'll be writing an article on that uh, in a little bit. But that's the whole point, is to strip you completely of your individuality. That's what this is all about. So if you strip somebody of their individuality, they have nothing that makes them feel good. Well, if you have nothing that makes you feel good, you're probably going to be depressed. Well, if you're depressed, what's the next step? Psychotropic drugs and psychology. Again, from the left. <laughs> okay? So, or if you have too much energy as a boy, especially in school, what's the solution? Ritalin, Adderall, drugs. So they drug out your creativity. They drug out your independence. They drug out your, everything that makes you feel good about yourself. They drug away your energy. They turn you into a zombie, and they take away your identity. See, the left creates assassins. I should do a whole show on this. The left creates assassins. And the first step is to strip you of your identity and your self-esteem and anything that you value and anything around you that you value, God, country, and family. Okay, so they strip all that away. Then when the depression inevitably hits, they give you psychotropic drugs to make it worse. Some of the side effects of, of those psychotropic drugs, we all know. Homicide and suicide. Gee, what a surprise. What do the mass shooters do? They shoot a whole bunch of other people and they shoot themselves. So apparently the, the side effects documentation uh, on these drugs is correct because that's exactly what's happening. How else does the left create assassins? Gun-free zones. Gun-free zones are where people die because they don't have guns. That's what a gun-free zone is. It's my new definition of, of, of my, my glossary coming out. So a gun-free zone is where people go to die because they can't defend themselves. And the assassins know this. So you take somebody with no self-esteem, no identity, completely depressed, on drugs, psychological wackoism from the left. Assassin. Let's add the third step. What else creates an assassin? So-called gender-affirming care, which is nothing more than Frankenstein medicine. It's mutilation. So if you take somebody, step one, you strip them of their identity and self-esteem and anything that they value. Step two, you drug the hell out of them, creating a psychotropic zombie. And step three, you take away their body parts you chemically castrate and neuter them, and then you tell them that they're, they're going to be fine and happy now that they've changed genders, which is impossible to do. So they're selling an impossibility, and then they, create, they try to create a civil right to make us believe that the, these people are changed, other than just altered, and that somehow people who believe they've changed their gender, which is impossible, is not only a civil right, but we have to believe it. And of course, we don't. So that's the third step, is trans-altering Frankenstein medicine. So not only have you totally depressed somebody, depressed somebody, you've taken away their identity, you've totally strung them out on psychotropic drugs, 
with homicidal and suicidal tendencies, and now you permanently change their body so they can never have the body they started with. Well, what do you think is going to happen? You've created an assassin. How many assassins are out there? How many transgender, psychotropically drugged people with no self-identity, no self-esteem, no good feeling about anything, God, family, and country are out there? They're all ticking time bombs of assassination. And it's all from the left. So if you want to know where the problem is, if you want to know where all these people come from, these assassins come from, it's not from a lack of gun control. It's from the left. We didn't have this when the left wasn't so powerful. One of the things that galls me, that really pisses me off, is the fact that I had to devote most of the rest of my life to destroying the left because they're ruining this country. They're ruining themselves. They're ruining everybody else. They're like locusts. They descend, they eat everything in sight, destroy everything, and they move on. What they don't realize is they're killing themselves in the process. When they take away your identity, they're taking away their identity. When they give you personal pronouns that don't make sense, they're, they're, they've taken their identity with it. They, in order to be consistent, will take the same drugs that they're pushing on their kids. So they feel good, feel good. But then they get the same homicidal, suicidal tendencies. You know? Then they go into psychology. Well, you better take more drugs. Well, probably you're, you, then, they, then they hear the problem is, well, you're, you're the wrong sex. You, you were born into the wrong body, which is impossible. You can't be born in the wrong body. You may feel that way, and you may want to talk to a counselor, and that's a good thing to do. You know, gender dysphoria, mental health issue. But you don't take somebody, mutilate their body, chemically castrate and neuter them, and then call that therapy or care. It's not. It's creating an assassin. And that was proved in Tennessee. It's going to be proved over and over until we stop this nonsense. So if you want to stop violence, stop the left. It really is just that simple. That and send your congressperson, senator, and representatives every week. You can't do it once. You've got to do it every week until they do something. Vaccine product liability. Let me leave you with that. I'll come back with some articles. In the meantime, let's uh, play some stuff here. It is 7.33. Yeah, I'm really good for about half an hour of rant. <laughs> that, that seems to be the pattern. Take a break now. Talk to you in a little bit. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive, conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida, right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get the information you need. 
Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stars Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stars Automotive. I go there. You should, too. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't, which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care, and now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Great Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is greatcare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at greatcare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Greatcare, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. All right, we're back. Lots to talk about. We've got Marco back in uh, the Netherlands on live chat. Uh, the lines are open, 215-383-3832. Your website uh, that you catch us on is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Our legislative website is writeyourlaws.com, W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S. Our Substack, my Substack, gregpenglis.substack.com, uh, suggesting uh, if you want to help Action Radio, a $10 a month subscription uh, would be a great way to start. And if you want to just contribute, we have givesendgo.com slash actionradio. And now let's get to the news. And down to the wire services, let's see what we have today. (laughs) 
So this should be an interesting day. Uh, I've got a ton of news. I've got a lot of stuff to report on. Um, and I'm going to start with Roger Stone. So Roger Stone is somebody I didn't know a whole lot about until he was arrested for no reason, until uh, CNA was, CNN was alerted. You know, they're all there with their cameras. Uh, and, and 30 or 40 uh, FBI SWAT people showed up you know, by boat. <laughs> I guess he lives on the water, you know, by land. You know, as, what was say about the British? You know, one by land, two by sea. Well, they came both ways. So I guess you put three lamps uh, in the old North Church lantern. Anyway, so uh, they went after uh, Roger Stone. And apparently he's been a presidential advisor going back to Nixon. So he must have been, A, fairly young when he did that. Uh, or, and, B, he's probably fairly old now, but a uh, smart guy. So the two people I think I most want to get on the show at this point, Roger Stone and uh, Dick Morris, uh, because they're both brilliant. And Dick uh, was the one that helped Bill Clinton get in office. Uh, I'm sure he has second thoughts about that now. Uh, but he is doing everything possible to get Trump in office, and, and uh, rightly so. Roger Stone uh, is doing some very interesting things. He is definitely not a, a fan of Ron DeSantis uh, in terms of president. And I'm not either. You know, the more I see of Ron DeSantis, the more I think he's exactly where he should be, governor of Florida, doing a fabulous job. You know, uh, don't don't uh, don't rise to the level of your incompetence. Don't be the Peter principle. You know, it's where they take really good managers and make them, you know, district supervisors and they suck, <laughs> you know, but they're really good managers. OK, stay managing. Do what you do best. You know, Trump's best is, is president. He'd be useless in any other position in government because he'd have a boss. Well, yeah, the president has a boss too, Congress, the people, that kind of stuff. But you know what I mean? Uh, in terms of being able to make policy and implement things, you know, immediately. The closest thing to the CEO of a multi-billion-dollar corporation uh, is president. You know, uh, in terms of, the, of what you actually do, the scale is different because you know presidents have nuclear weapons and CEOs don't. You know, at least as far as I know. But you never know. Uh, maybe stranger things have happened. Uh, apparently, there's a Russian mercenary group I just learned about this morning. You know, just before airtime. So Roger Stone has a couple of articles I wanted to write about, uh, talk about. Excuse me. The first one, uh, and his his Substack. Apparently, everybody's on Substack now. Again, $10 subscription, gregpenglis.substack.com. 10 bucks a month, you know, would, would be huge. 100 people do that, now we're, now we're talking. 500 people do that, now we're really talking. You know, 5,000 people, 10,000 people, 100,000 people, yeah. Uh, I, then I, I'd have a marketing budget like you wouldn't believe. And, and, of course, the more people that subscribe, you know, at $10 a month, um, the, the, the more the people I'll be able to reach. I mean, it's a snowball effect. And then the big sponsors come in. You know, I'm looking at uh, hopefully, you know, the gun companies, Glock, Ruger, Smith & Wesson, Sig Sauer. I'd love to have their sponsorship. I want all the people that piss off the left. So let's get Chick-fil-A, Hobby Lobby, <laughs> you know, who else is out there? Uh, any, any conservative or Christian company, uh, Black Rifle Coffee, you know, uh, um, My Patriot Supply. Let's go, let's go with Preppers. So those are the folks I'm hoping to reach to sponsor the show. But again, we have to be a, a little bit bigger than we are now. But that's what I'm looking at. So we'll get all, all the, the least favorite liberal corporations. We'll get the, you know, the gun companies, the, the, the Christian companies, the veteran companies, all the folks that they want to ban. You know? And uh, when, when the liberals try and, and come into my show, it's like, no, I don't need you. you know, it's just like I don't need people to say, well, have you passed any bills yet? No, I haven't. But neither is Joe Biden. <laughs> you know, I think maybe that's what I should say. Joe Biden hasn't written a single bill to my knowledge and i've written uh, a bunch of them so in actual fact i actually have written far more legislation uh, than joe biden but i don't think joe biden can you point to the biden act tell me tell me what the the joe biden act is tell me tell me some wonderful things. oh he's taken part in things that were unconstitutional you know the gun ban uh some of the other things he's done uh, but tell me one decent bill that joe biden has authored in his entire five plus decades living off the taxpayers. Name one. 
So Joe Biden doesn't pass any bills. In fact, nobody in Congress even writes bills. You know, they have lobbyists do it. I at least write my own bills. And so do the people who contribute to the show. They write their own bills. You know, so, uh, so we're actually a lot more honest than Congress is. So in terms of productivity, we have more bills in Action Radio than the entire Congress has written, the members of Congress, you know, the senators and representatives, uh, over the last 20 years than they have. We've written more, we have more bills in the six years that Action Radio has been in existence than the entire Congress has written, all 450 of them, over the last 20 plus years. So you tell me, tell me who's accomplishing stuff. And our bills bring about freedom. Their bills bring about special privileges for their lobbyists that are paid for, like taking away vaccine product liability. Oh, did I mention that in the show yet? Yeah, go back to the first half hour. So Roger Stone writes an article, What About Bobby? And that's Bobby Kennedy. Uh, that's what Dr. Judy Mikevitz calls him. When he comes on the show, I will call him Robert Kennedy until instructed otherwise. <laughs> you know, so it'll be Mr. Robert Kennedy, uh, you know, to me. And, the, and then the Judy will be on at the same time, I'm sure. So, but Bobby, <laughs> you've got to listen to Judy when she's on the show. She, go back a week ago Friday. We did our anniversary show, the two-year anniversary of people not sharing uh, our vaccine product liability bill. And it was, it was a fabulous show. Anyway, so he says, so Roger Stone says, what about Bobby? Is Trump Kennedy the dream ticket for 2024? I would say no. Uh, I did a show before this, which is, I'm really glad to say that I did a show before this. So people don't say, well, you're just, you're just taking, you know, the liberals, right? The nasal liberal, you're just taking that from Roger Stone. You don't have an original thought. Yeah, I do, actually. Uh, in fact, my thoughts were different. I do not want to see a Trump uh, Bobby Kennedy ticket. I don't. Um, because then the Democrats are still free to uh, let the, the deep state run wild. See, Trump is a, control, is, is a control on the Republican deep state. Bobby Kennedy would be contr- a control on the Democrat deep state. See, this is why they have to run in the separate parties. Besides, Bobby Kennedy's a Democrat. He's a good Democrat. I, I respect pretty much everything he says until he gets into progressive stuff and you know, too many government programs and things like that. But that's just a, that's just a disagreement over policy. As a person, I, I have incredible respect for him, especially the work he's done uh, on environmental stuff and on uh, vaccine product liability. Did I mention that? <laughs> you know, so he's, he's incredible on that kind of stuff. And that's why I want him on the show. I think he would love our bill, but the question is getting to him because, you know, the gatekeepers, there's a lot of gatekeepers. And the gatekeepers don't have the, the wisdom of the people that I'm trying to reach. So the gatekeepers for, for Matt Gates, for example, the gatekeepers for uh, Senator Ron Johnson, uh, the gatekeepers for uh, a lot of folks. Now, I've been able to reach quite a few, you know, but I haven't gotten to the man himself, Donald Trump. And I really want to have him on the show because unlike anybody else on the planet, I can explain to him our citizen legislation and how we can help his campaign. So I'm probably the only person that wants Donald Trump on the show for what I can do for him. Everybody else wants Donald Trump on their shows for what Trump can do for them. So I want his endorsement. Why? Because this is a viable concept, citizen legislation. You know, I dream of a world one day where Donald Trump is president and he calls the show because he feels like it. And says, Greg, what do you got today? What's, uh, what's hot in citizen legislation? Well, sir, thank you, Mr. President. Appreciate that. You know, here's, uh, we've got a new bill on uh, banning drug advertising in this country, just like almost every other country. Oh, that sounds good. Well, send it to my contact person and uh, I'll get back to you. <laughs> thank you, sir. <laughs> so that, that's like my dream conversation with Donald Trump. Will it happen? I don't know. Hope so. We'll find out. So back to Roger Stone. So on April 11th, uh, he wrote, this is we're talking, you know, what's today, the, the 14th, so three days ago. He writes this article, what about Bobby? Now, his contention is that Bobby Kennedy and Donald Trump should be on the same ticket. And I say, no, Bobby Kennedy should run as a Democrat and squelch all the deep states in the Democrat Party. And Donald Trump should run as a Republican and squelch all the deep state people in the Republican Party. 
this will be that would be a, a fabulous election. It'd be the first non-deep state election uh, in, in probably the last 50 years. I'm trying to think when there wasn't it because I don't know how long back the deep state goes. But anyway, he says, Roger Stone says, he says, while authoritative polls show that only 37% of Democrats want, he says, President Joe Biden. Roger, I thought you would know better. It's not President Joe Biden. It's insurrectionist. It's coup leader. It's moron in chief. It's uh, the idiocracy person. But it's certainly not president. You know, if you, if you say President Joe Biden, you're affirming the coup. You're affirming that the fraudulent election was real. That's, what, that's something I'll address with him, too. I mean, I'm sure he says it out, out of convention. But you don't have to say it to be on Substack. I don't. I call him Brandon, the insurrectionist, the coup leader. I call him all the things that I say on the show here. Substack doesn't care. I'll talk to him about that. 37% of Democrats want Biden <laughs> to seek re-election. The potential candidacy of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is both intriguing and potentially substantially impactful. Isn't that bad English? Should, let me rephrase that to Roger. It should have substantial impact. <laughs> You know, on the 2024 presidential race. God, I hate teaching grammar to a, to a person that's really smart and knows more than me, right? But, but, but let me rephrase it. If I were your editor, and I don't have an editor. Well, actually, Wendy's offered. But uh, that's how I'd rewrite that. Potentially substantially impactful. How about potentially have significant impact <laughs> on the 2024 presidential race? Then he says, Kennedy, who is the scion, S-C-I-O-N, scion of the Kennedy political legacy, the nephew of President John F. Kennedy, and the son of former U.S. Senator and U.S. Attorney General Robert Kennedy, has a long record of environmental activism and support for other progressive policies. But it is his longtime criticism of the safety and effectiveness of vaccinations, see, I told you they weren't safe and effective, you know, for which he is best known. Now think about this for a second. Roger Stone is a conservative, Republican, America first, patriot, writing about Robert Kennedy. That itself should be news. But it's not, because no one sees things this way. We do here. <laughs> anyway, the article continues. Kennedy raised concerns about the link between vaccinations and autism in 2015 and has emerged as the best-known critic of the safety and effectiveness, there's those two words again, of the COVID-19 vaccination, which, as I would say, is not a vaccination. It's, uh, it's a gene-altering um, bioweapon. Anyway, and then it says, culminating in his landmark book, The Real Anthony Fauci. So, of course, I would have had a subtitle, you know, Dr. Fascist. The genocidal, psychopathic, avaricious, narcissistic, pathologically lying vaccine drug pusher. That's for Josie. I do that. She loves that title. Uh, I do too, actually, but it seems to fit. So if I ever wrote a book on, on Dr. Fascist, that's exactly what it'd be. It'd be the real Dr. Fascist, the genocidal, psychopathic, avaricious, narcissistic, pathologically lying vaccine drug pusher. Did I miss anything? Anyway, back to the article. The Democrat Party has changed very dramatically since Robert, F. Ken since Robert Kennedy's uncle, John, ran as an ardent anti-communist, supporter of major defense buildup, tax cutter, and supporter of the silverback dollar in 1960. See, a lot of people think that's what got him killed. And I should look more into that. Let's, uh, so, so Kennedy backed the silverbacked dollar. I think Lincoln, didn't Lincoln back uh, real American currency? Didn't he get killed uh, for, for partially that? So let me look this up. So let's go JFK. This probably be tomorrow's show. See how these things happen? I mean, it's all very organic here. We just kind of come up. I just, I just come up with stuff. So let's go JFK and the silver. Sil, wish I could write S I L V E R silver backed dollar. If anybody knows anything about that, call me. Two one five three eight three three eight three two. I should ask. Uh, 
Marco in the Netherlands. Hey, Marco, what, uh, what, what's your currency based on? Is it based on anything? <laughs> anything at all? Um, I, what is your, or is your currency just like paper money like ours, based on nothing, based on a prayer, based on the fact that people think it has value? Apparently around the world, they don't think it has value because they're getting rid of it. You know, so they're going to get stuck with all these dollars. So burn them. Take them out of circulation. Best thing the Fed could do is take $5 trillion out of circulation. I'm serious. That's about how much they spent on COVID crap. That's how much about they borrowed uh, and printed. Maybe, maybe six trillion. Maybe ten trillion. Let's let's take ten trillion out of circulation. That should do it. That would that would uh, that would have a serious impact. Your dollars would be worth a whole lot more if there were fewer of them. Right? They they buy just incredibly. Prices would drop like a rock. Inflation over. If the Fed burned ten trillion dollars, inflation not only would you have not inflation, you'd have deflation. Prices would drop like a rock because your dollars would be worth so much because there'd be so few of them. I mean, your salaries would, would it'd be like, it'd be the greatest raise you've ever had. And, and, the, and your employer wouldn't have to pay you any more money because the, dollars have, the, the dollar value would probably triple. You know? uh, so what you buy now for 30 cents, you'd be able to, or what you buy now for a dollar would cost you about 30 cents. That's the significance of taking money out of the economy. Seems counterintuitive, right? More dollars equals more wealth? No, just the opposite. More dollars equals less wealth. Wealth. If you take it the pizza pie, I'll give you the pizza pie example of before, but if you take it the pizza pie, right, you cut eight slices in the pie. You got eight slices, right? So they say, I want more pie. I'm going to cut 16 slices. So you got a 16 slices. You got more pie? No, you don't. You got the same pie. Okay? You just have more slices. Each slice is half the size. I mean, you can do this all the way through. You can cut, you know, three trillion slices of pie if you could. <laughs> you could get a micro cutter, you know, anyway. So you got three trillion slices of pie in your large pizza, right? Do you have any more pie? No. You just have a whole lot of slices. You know, how many slices would it take to, uh, you know, to, to make it so that you've actually accomplished something and eaten something? I don't know. Um, probably like uh, a quarter trillion. <laughs> you know, slices of pie, which would be so thin. You know, but it, you see, how, see what I'm talking about. All right. So let's get back to this. So what is really interesting about this uh, is that Robert Kennedy is a Democrat, uh, is a progressive in, in certain areas, but is also incredibly concerned with our health, uh, welfare, uh, and welfare, in other words, our well-being. I should probably say that. Otherwise, people get confused. But a uh, decent guy. Again, the only disagreement I would have with, with Robert Kennedy is over, over certain policies. We both love our country. We both love our Constitution. We both believe in individual rights. You know, he and I believe in exactly the same things in terms of the country. We just have different ways of making it better. I think my ways would generate more freedom. I think his ways would generate more government. Okay, fine. He's a Kennedy. What do you expect? All right, but that's not a problem for me. Boy, I'd love to have him on the show. Wouldn't it be great? All right, so let's, let's add three people to my list of people on the show. I want Roger Stone, I want Dick Morris, and I want Robert Kennedy. Okay, <laughs> let me talk to my my uh, my secret. My, okay. There we go. Ever get uh, something between you know, like an eyebrow or something between your glasses and your your eyes? Oh, sorry, that was distracting me for a minute. All right, back to the show. Roger Stone says the Democrat Party has changed very dramatically since Robert Kennedy's uncle, John, ran as an ardent. And I want to say this again because it's really important. An ard- John Kennedy was an ardent anti-communist. He was a supporter of major defense buildups. He was a tax cutter. And he supported the silver-backed dollar in 1960. And that's what I need to research, the silver-backed dollar. Roger says President John Kennedy also became deeply suspicious of the intelligence services after being fed the flawed plan for the Bay of Pigs invasion. So which, makes, which raises the question was, did the CIA give uh, Kennedy the Bay of Pigs invasion knowing it was going to fail uh, to embarrass him and hopefully bring down his administration? Because he was assassinated after that, very likely by the CIA. 
So there's a question for you. So, so all my special investigation folks, all my reporters, anybody wants to, to make it as an investigative reporter, answer that question. Did the CIA plant the Bay of Pigs invasion in John Kennedy's head and the John Kennedy administration for the purposes of bringing down his administration, knowing that it would fail? Any good investigative reporters want to take that on? I'll wait. <laughs> you know, I'll get you on the show. If anybody, if anybody does take that question on and wants to come on the show, just let me know. I'll put you on. I don't care if you're a kid. I should give it to Brianna Cannon. Our teenage reporter, you know, I think she, she would, that's something she would do. All right. So, so Marco reports, he says they have paper money. Uh, and then we have something, oh, new person, Joseph Gibson. That's not how it works. Fractional reserve banking does not work like that. Okay. Joseph, if you want to call the show, 215-383-3832, I'll put you on right now uh, and explain it, explain what's going on. Fractional banking uh, does not work that, not like that way. Okay. Now here's how I understand fractional banking. Fractional banking means that uh, the, the banks have to maintain a discount rate. They have to have a certain percentage of their deposits on hand so people can get their money back. 10%, which means they can loan out 90%. Well, that's that, that 90% they loan out is counted as an asset when it's really a liability because it hasn't been paid back. So if they loan out 90%, they've created money you know, out of nothing. So of that 90%, they have to keep 10% of that so they can loan out another 80% on other loans. Well, that's now counted as an asset. So then they can loan out another 70% and so on and so on. So you have an entire economy uh, creating money that doesn't exist. Well, that's the problem. See, we want money that does exist. We want money backed by gold and silver. That's real money because it's backed by real gold and silver. In fact, I, I was just reading an article that nobody has a clue how much gold is in Fort Knox right now. Nobody's looked. Probably not since they made Goldfinger. <laughs> okay. You guys remember the movie Goldfinger? Yeah. Uh, German. And when, uh, when uh, Sean Connery says, oh, do, do you want me to talk? He says, no, Mr. Bond, I don't want you to talk. I want you to die. <laughs> it's one of my favorite lines of the James Bond film. Like, you know, he was a great goldfinger. And uh, can I say this on the air? Pussy galore. <laughs> I mean, of all the, something about you know, Ian Fleming. You know, he put it in print. But the character names he picked for women, Octopussy, oh, give me a break. This is hysterical. We should do a James Bond show. Be great sometime. All right, so Joseph Gibson, who is on live chat right now, feel free to either type in uh, if you can if you can't call in, or at some point, you know, send me a message on Facebook. Let's get you on the show. Let's talk about fractional banking and see exactly how it does work. Uh, by the way, I will ask you questions. That, that's kind of how we do things around here. So I'd love to have the input. Wouldn't that be great? Proving once again we're reaching out further and further, breaking through our big tech censorship, despite what they try to do to suppress the show. All right, so back to the Bay of Pigs. Uh, so here we go. So President, this is my Roger, this is my first Roger Stone article. I've got like twelve articles to do today. Uh, obviously, we won't get through them all. So it says President John Kennedy also became deeply suspicious. I read that, okay, as well as being surprised at that U.S. intelligence services provided no early warning that the Russians had mounted U.S. targeted missiles in Cuba in 1962. Yeah, that's another question I've been thinking about. Well, not lately, but I always wonder, how did they suddenly get there? How did we get into the Cuban Missile Crisis without knowing ahead of time that Russia was shipping in missiles? Um, we've got U-2s. We, I don't think we had SR-71s in 1960, but we had U-2s. I know, Gary Powers got shot down in one over Russia, idiot. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> you know, anyway. Uh, anyway, it says, indeed, it is Kennedy's vow to splinter the CIA into a thousand pieces and scatter it into the winds. And that's a quote that was among the probable causes of, of his assassination in 1963. And then he says, as I documented in my New York Times bestselling book, The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ. So Roger Stone, 
who was goes back to to like Nixon advising. So I know he was around during Kennedy. I don't know if he advised Kennedy, but uh, he says Lyndon Baines Johnson assassinated uh, John F. Kennedy through the CIA. That makes sense to me. Wouldn't be surprised. But look look at the things leading up to it. So so the CIA didn't get him with the Bay of Pigs. They tried. They didn't get him with the Cuban Missile Crisis. They wanted a war. You know the the, the Lindsey Graham, um, what's his name, John Bolton types, the permanent war class that always wanted us at war somewhere. That's what Ukraine's all about. Ukraine's about spending money uh, and having uh, Ukrainians die uh, so that we can make money. That was what Afghanistan was for. That was what Iraq is for. So the globalists, George Bush, uh, Bill Clinton, um, George Bush, <laughs> you know, uh, Barack Obama, you know, all the globalists, you know, Joe Biden, they always wanted war somewhere. The only person, the only two presidents I know that haven't had us at war somewhere or that at least didn't start one was Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump. Now, Ronald Reagan had a few attacks that were limited, you know, Grenada, Libya. Uh, not sure the worth of the, 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 the worth of those, especially Grenada. <laughs> that seemed more propaganda than anything else. Um, but, uh, but he didn't start a war somewhere. Who started wars? George Bush the Elder, George Bush the Younger. Bill Clinton was all over the place, you know, Bosnia, Herzegovina, Croatia. You know, Obama maintained wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. And Donald Trump was going to get us out. So the CIA, part of the deep state, wants war somewhere. That's what they do. You know, I guess they're bored with that one. But anyway, so that's an interesting thing. So was it the silverback dollar in 1960? Uh, or was it the, 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 the CIA, Kennedy wanting to split up the CIA into a thousand pieces? that caused the assassination of John Kennedy by Lyndon Baines Johnson with the CIA? It's a good question. I should get his book. Anyway, Roger says, just as the Democrat Party machinery cheated Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders out of the Democrat presidential nomination in 2016 and again in 2020, yeah, see, see, you know the Democrats are are committing fraud because they're committing fraud against their own members. Bernie Sanders will never get to be the party nominee um, because they will cheat him out of it. He should know that. He should become an independent. Like Joseph Lieberman. Wouldn't it be funny if Bernie Sanders joined the Republicans? <laughs> That'd be hysterical. You know, he, he'd, be, he'd be the liberal branch of the Republican Party. That would be freaking hysterical. But I, think Bernie Sanders, I don't think Bernie can do that. So he should, he should really become an independent. Because the Democrats don't want him, obviously. Anyway, it says, cheated Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders out of the Democrat nomination in 2016 and again in 2020. That same party machinery, now within the firm control of Barack Obama, can be counted on to kneecap Robert Francis Kennedy Jr. in the Democrat nominating process. Yeah, all of us have figured, uh, this is another thing I want to talk to Roger Stone about, is, is how much of the, the current uh, regime, the current coup d'etat, the current stolen government of uh, Joseph R. Biden is run by Barack Obama and how much is run by Hillary Clinton. Is my con- and I'm going to ask him about this too if I get him on the show. It is my contention that Barack Obama is running the foreign policy. Barack Obama left 85 billion dollars of our best equipment so he could uh, aid the Muslim world. Uh, Barack Obama kept us at wars to spend money and deplete uh, our resources. Um, it was Barack Obama that brought in hundreds of thousands of Afghani's uh, unvetted, you know, uh, and, and doesn't care. I'm sure it's Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton that have opened up the southern border to bring a permanent peasant class of people that have no knowledge of what it means to be an American uh, into the country and get them voting. I mean, that's what that's all about. So Barack Obama is doing all the foreign stuff. The war in Ukraine, I know, is an Obama operation, uh, so he can set up um, all the stuff that's going on in Ukraine. 
and spend the money there. I think probably maybe Hillary Clinton actually it's probably a joint operation because Hillary Clinton would have the money laundering operation. She'd uh, take her expertise from the Clinton Foundation of money laundering and corruption and just, you know, bring it over to Ukraine. So they might both be involved there. Hillary Clinton, I believe, is handling domestic stuff. So all of the, the prosecutions of, uh, of the unjust, the unconstitutional political prisoners in the D.C. Gulag, that's Hillary Clinton. All the prosecution of parents, that's Hillary Clinton. Um, all the, the people who have been rumored to die who are going to testify against her, you know, who committed suicide by shooting themselves in the back, <laughs> that's definitely Hillary Clinton, right? So all these things are, you can point to Hillary Clinton, uh, the, the parents of, uh, of school kids that speak up at school board meetings that are subsequently harassed by government, that's Hillary Clinton. Um, all the arresting of Robert Stone, Roger, excuse me, Roger Stone, um, Paul Manafort, uh, who else got arrested? The, uh, the things that are going on in Mar-a-Lago with Trump, uh, the, the district attorney you know, in New York, where Hillary's from, <laughs> you know, where she was a senator from, that's all Hillary Clinton. Uh, so all the domestic security, all the KGB stuff that's going on in this country, that strikes me as Hillary Clinton. So Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, who don't like each other, have divided the world into you know, mostly foreign policy and mostly domestic policy. And Barack Obama handles most of the foreign policy, and Hillary Clinton handles most of the domestic policy to suppress this nation, take away our rights, turn us into a communist state, and subordinate, subservient to the world government. That's what the job is. Well, now that you know that, you can do something about it. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so let's, get back to, uh, let's get back to the article. It says, remember the Democrats have already reformed their presidential nominating process to do away with the historic Iowa caucuses and the first in the nation presidential primary in New Hampshire. Well, if I was in Iowa, New Hampshire, I would register Republican just to, just to piss off the Democrat Party. In fact, they should say that. Fine. You don't want, uh, you know, the, the governors of both, I think both governors are Republicans in Iowa and New Hampshire. They said, well, Democrat Party, you don't want to hold the caucus here? You don't want to hold the primary here? Fine. You don't have to be here at all. <laughs> you know, uh, close down the Democrat offices. Get out of here. You know, kick them out of the state. Wouldn't that be interesting? I don't know if that's ever been done before. They probably say, oh, free speech, free speech. We can be here. So, okay, fine. We're not going to recognize you. We're not going to support you. We're not going to give you any government money for anything. So what they should do is defund the Democrats in those two states. That'd be fascinating. All right. Democrats 2024 nominating process begins in South Carolina in a primary essentially dominated by African-Americans. A perfect setup is uh, if I, as I have predicted, Joe Biden ultimately is eliminated as a 2024 candidate and is replaced by Michelle Obama. Why? You've got a state, South Carolina, predominantly African-Americans, in other words, black Americans, all right. I don't know how many of them have actually been to Africa and from South Carolina. Would be interesting. Be interesting to find out. Okay. So how many African Americans know anything about Africa? Wouldn't that be a great poll? <laughs> That'd be, you know, I mean, I call myself a, a you know, if, if, if I ever label myself as anything other than American, it would be American Canadian because I was born in Canada. Do I know something about Canada? Yeah, actually, I do. I live there, you know, and I, I visited there a few years ago. You know, I need to visit a lot more. Um, but at least I can speak more on that than how many, how many black Americans from South uh, Carolina, uh, know anything about Africa from personal experience. I'd be curious, you know, it'd be a great poll. So then we've got, uh, so Joseph Gibson, um, his two comments, uh, was the second comment, basically fractional banking, reserve banking does not work. Like I said, it worked. Okay. Let's talk. Uh, Marco's back on. He says, grab them. Uh, I can't read that. Bige de galore. Oh, <laughs> my James Bond names from Ian Fleming. And the last comment, uh, or tried to hang themselves and shot themselves twice. Yeah, exactly. So, so Marco, you know about the, the Hillary Clinton suicides? <laughs> Anytime someone's about to testify before uh, uh, anything to do with her in court, 
You know, there's the one guy who died of a gym accident. <laughs> you know, the barbells fell on his neck. Really? How did that happen? You know, Seth Rich is probably the, the most well-known case of this. Uh, and we just lost that, um, that pilot um, from Raytheon. He was one of the directors of Raytheon. You know, his plane mysteriously crashed into uh, the waters off Venice, uh, Florida. Well, apparently another airplane not too long ago did the same thing a few months ago. Well, isn't that interesting? What is it about Venice Airport flying out over the water? Of course, a lot of airports fly out over the water. Makes sense, right? But one of the reasons you don't fly out over the water at night, uh, unless you're instrument rated, is that the lights of the boats look like stars. And you can't tell where the horizon is. So the lights of the boats and the stars look exactly the same from an airplane at night, especially with reduced visibility. So if you point the nose, and I personally experienced flying with pilots who pointed the nose down several hundred feet a minute thinking they were keeping it level with the horizon. And as the altitude is unwinding, I'm saying, uh, how do you want to descend before you uh, realize that you're going to fly into the water? Oh, my God, I didn't know. I said, of course you didn't know because you didn't check the instruments. Flight instruction stories. Anyway, <laughs> how I'm still here, I have no idea because I flew with a lot of very interesting people. All right. So most of them are really good. Um, but uh, especially after, you know, I put them through the, the, the Greg training process, um, which is kind of interesting. So I might, uh, I don't know if I'm going to teach again. I haven't decided yet. We'll find out. All right. Back to the article. He says, remember that Democrats have already reformed their presidential nominating process to do, okay, they already talked about that. So what do you think of Michelle Obama? Right, this is probably his next article. I wonder if he's in our, let's say, let's see. Does, uh, does Roger still have an article on Michelle Obama? Let's see if I can get that. Uh, no, it's YouTube. All right, so it's uh, Michelle Obama, 2024, Trump indictment, the road ahead. So I can't use YouTube's on the show, Roger. All right, fine. Back to the article. Kennedy, however, <laughs> should not be entirely discounted. Good. Firstly, firstly, I think you mean first. Despite a degenerative voice disorder. Yeah, his voice sounds terrible. Uh, he is an articulate and charismatic figure who clearly has the Kennedy magic. You have to listen to, to Robert Kennedy carefully. He's not going to be able to shout. He's not going to shout over people. He's uh, the debates, you know, you better have his microphone and then whoever's moderating the debates with him to be fair to him, better shut everybody else up because he cannot scream. He cannot, uh, he cannot do that. And you've got to listen carefully because he does have a voice. I don't know what it's called, but uh, it's giving him serious problems talking. All right. And this is given the enormous power of big pharma and the current domination of the COVID-19 vaccination narrative. Gee, didn't I talk about that already? Did I say we have a product liability bill that would change all this? Roger Stone? Can't wait to get him on the show. Yeah. We, uh, see, this is how pervasive this is. And this is what a crime it is that people haven't made that bill go viral. We could have stopped all this nonsense. But you don't share. You don't change. It's just that simple. All right. COVID-19 vaccination narrative within the modern Democrat Party. Finding a majority in any caucus or Democrat primary will be exceedingly difficult. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So it's just the fact that so a lot of times people run for president not to win, but to, to get issues out there. Pep Buchanan. I don't think Pat Buchanan ever expected to win the presidency, but uh, the issues that he got out there were critical, and he changed the debate. He moved the debate far towards the conservative, you know, America First platform. And so he talked about things that no one else was talking about, and then, of course, then they had to start talking about it because he did. So running for president, you know, is not just about winning. Running for president, one of the biggest things that people can do is change the issues. Am I going to run for president for vaccine product liability? No. I was born in Canada. I can't run. Would I? Probably not. You know, I, I don't have the time. I don't have the money. I don't want the restrictions. And I think I could be far more effective creating the, the world's first citizen legislature and teaching everybody around the world how this is done so they can teach their folks and so on and so on and so on. 
<sighs> Article says, in recent weeks, Kennedy also seems to have rejected the neo-globalist orthodoxy of Joe Biden's Democratic Party. Posted this on Twitter. Yeah, Robert Kennedy is a different, he's like a traditional Democrat. He's a real Democrat. He is a liberal in the best sense of the word. So Robert Kennedy, F. Kennedy Jr. tweeted this. The collapse of U.S. influence over Saudi Arabia and the kingdom's new alliances with China and Iran are painful emblems of the abject failure of the neocon strategy of maintaining U.S. global hegemony with aggressive projections of military power. China has displaced the American empire by deftly projecting instead economic power. Over the past decade, our country has spent trillions bombing roads, ports, bridges, and airports. China spent the equivalent building the same across the developing world. The Ukraine war is the final collapse of the neocons short-lived American century. The neocon projects in Iraq and Ukraine have cost 8.1. Are you ready for this? Trillion dollars. That's with a T. Trillion, as in tango. T. Trillion dollars. Hollowed out by our middle class, made a laughing stock of U.S. military power and moral authority. Uh, so let me read it again. Just, uh, the neocon projects in Iraq and Ukraine have cost $8.1 trillion, hollowed out our middle class, made a laughing stock of U.S. military power and moral authority, pushed China and Russia into an invincible alliance, destroyed the dollar as the global currency, cost millions of lives, and done nothing to advance democracy or win friendships or influence. In other words, Joe Biden's an absolute disaster. But that's what they want. That's what uh, Hillary and, uh, and Barack want. They want a world without the United States. Well, that's treason. <laughs> you know, I mean, not officially because we're not in declared war, but basically, you know, not only are they giving aid and comfort to the enemy, they're destroying our country for our enemies. Well, that's, that's got to be, you know, as, as Dinesh D'Souza. Dinesh D'Souza has a really interesting piece. Uh, and he's talking about um, it's time for the Republicans to start indicting. It is. It is time for the Republicans to start indicting every day. Dinesh says, that post is like about a week ago. I love being ahead of everybody else. So I posted about a week ago, uh, it's time for, Demo- for Republicans to start arresting Democrats. Prosecute them. Dinesh D'Souza came out with the same thing yesterday, which leads me to two conclusions. Either Dinesh D'Souza listens to Action Radio, or we had the same thought from different places. I prefer to think he listens to Action Radio, but I don't know for sure. I'll ask him when I get him on the show. All right, I'm almost done with this one. And then what I'll do is... No, actually, I'm not almost done with this one. Yeah, um... Let me take a break right now. Then I'll come back to this and I have the other Roger Stone article. So we're talking about Kennedy and President. Oh, yeah. This, yeah, let's, let's break here. That, that was a good place to break with that, um, that incredible tweet uh, by Robert Kennedy. All right. So it's now 8.14. Into our second break. I'll come back with this article. Then I'll get the article by Roger Stone on Ron DeSantis. I may only get to these two. If you want to see other articles, you go to my Facebook pages or various groups. Special Investigations Group, the Economics Project, the Legal Page, um, the Election Integrity Page, the Trump 2024 Page, you know, the Family Law Page, the uh, the all the different pages that we have. We've got like 20, Homeschool, uh, you name it. Uh, there's just a lot of different groups. Art, the Oh My God Page, <laughs> you know, all these different groups. Cruise and travel, you name it, we've got it. Uh, so they're all there. So the, the stories that I can't get to here, that's where you'll find them. So it's now 8:15. See how fast time goes when I do a show? All right, let me pull up my, my next series of ads. And then I'll play, I'll play a couple of fun things, too. So get the business stuff out of the way, and then later on in the show, we'll, we'll have a good time playing, playing cool stuff. Oh, I want to make a note that um, Strikeforce, uh, some of you are now using our WYL, our discount code to buy Strikeforce energy drinks. Thank you. I appreciate it. 
Uh, and so I guess uh, playing all these things has paid off. So Strikeforce is a way you can contribute to the show. Buy MyPillow. I'm changing the MyPillow ad. That's why I haven't played it for a couple of days. Um, but uh, Strikeforce, you know, uh, I'll play the commercial first. Uh, also, we have Stand Your Ground, our shooting range in Milton. Um, we have our, our ad sponsors. Uh, let me play that one first, and then I get to Strikeforce. There's a five-second delay on this. I, I screwed up when I made it. It's one of the first things I made. Anyway, back in a little bit. Let me start the thing here. Back in a little bit, and we'll get to the rest of the article by Roger Stone. Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60 second spots available for your announcements. And we have three minute live call ins to talk about your products and services available. Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener. And help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day. This is Greg Penglis for Strike Force, your source for pure energy. Strike Force is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strike Force, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code WYL to the discount code window at checkout. W-Y-L comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engines. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend, Jason Myers, and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand your ground is located at 6632 Elva Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. This is Greg Penglis, creator of Action Radio for my town, Milton, Florida. Milton, it's where I live. It's where you can live too. It's where you can bring a new business, especially a business that helps our downtown historic district. We have everything in Milton. We have the Blackwater River. We have the Imogene Theater, built in 1912 and still booking national acts. We have Scoop's Ice Cream. We have Boomerang's Restaurant where I get my favorite Thai chicken pizza. We have an outdoor stage for music acts and free concerts by the river. The Blackwater Bistro will keep you in steak and seafood indefinitely. We have brew pubs creating great craft beers and giving us all a place to relax and talk. But it's more than just stuff and food and buildings. It's people. Remember the show Cheers where everybody knows your name? 
It's that kind of place. So if you are tired of the cities, of the traffic, the frenetic pace of life that doesn't seem to get you anywhere, if you want a small city that has incredible potential, that combines the best of historic buildings and modern, fun, small retail shops and restaurants, and a great waterfront, plus who knows what for the future, take a look at historic Milton, Florida, in the Panhandle, near Pensacola, and the world's greatest beaches on the Emerald Coast of the Gulf of Mexico. Milton is going through a renaissance. Maybe you can be part of making it happen. This is where I left some music in case I wanted to uh, add some stuff on. But yeah, there's new businesses coming on to Caroline Street. Uh, there's just uh, incredible things happening here. And it's, we're now into uh, Blackwater uh, uh, band season. So the Friday night free concerts are going on. And so, and after that, we have the Brew Pups. And we have a new one, Beardless Brew House. We've got Gulf Coast Garage. And we've got uh, Brew Angels. And they're all within walking distance. Three craft breweries with some fabulous new products. Trying to get together a beer report. So we'll see if we can do that. Um, but uh, that's in the works. And there's a lot of things that are in the works. Everything's in the works, you know, because things are always changing, uh, certainly on the show here. Um, so that's Milton. That's uh, where I am. So uh, not too hard to find. <laughs> you know, here I am. Um, anyway, let's get, uh, let's get back to uh, news and stuff. Action Radio. Dangerously cool. Actually, that came from a friend of mine who, who said, uh, Greg, you're, you're Action Radio. It's, it's, it's dangerously cool. <laughs> thought, wow, what a great thing. I could do something with that. So that's how we got that one. And then, of course, I have my other one, uh, which I made after that, uh, which, which is this one here, which is kind of cool also. Action Radio, dedicated to fixing everything. Yeah, that seems to be a good mission statement, so I'm going with that. All right, we've got Marco in the Netherlands who's listening in and typing in on live chat. Uh, I don't know how many people are listening live. You never really know for sure. Uh, we're on 20 different podcasts at least. I keep finding new ones, the big one being Apple Podcasts. So uh, uh, you can catch the, our, our show on Blog Talk. You can catch it on Apple Podcasts. It's just, you know, just look around. Just put Action Radio Podcast, and something will show up uh, wherever you are in the world. And to my, uh, to my new listeners uh, in such amazing places as, as Cuba, you know, the Solomon Islands, Sri Lanka, you know, all the folks around South Korea, Vietnam. I got to look up Vietnam. I'm kind of curious uh, what's going on in Vietnam these days. Vietnam has listened to us since the beginning. They've never dropped off the world map. They've always been there. So to my Vietnam listeners, uh, please, can I help you? <laughs> can I help you write legislation? Um, you know, can we change the world? Let's do that. All right. So I reported on this. On the show that I did, uh, um, I think it was either the week before last, on what would happen if Donald Trump ran against uh, Robert Kennedy. And the whole point of that is to keep the deep state out. So Trump would keep the deep state out of the, the GOP, and uh, Kennedy would keep the deep state out of the Democrats. At least that's what I would hope. So I thought they should run against each other. It probably wouldn't be the best elections ever. Now, who's the deep state going to cheat for? Think about that. This is why it would be such a great campaign of them running against each other. Because in my logic, it cancels out the deep state. The Democrats aren't going to cheat for Bobby Kennedy. They're going to cheat against him. All right? the, the, the Republicans aren't going to cheat for Donald Trump. They're going to cheat against him. So you, you'd have this really weird alliance between deep state Democrats and deep state Republicans to, to form a coalition to, to make sure that neither one of them wins. <laughs> you know, somehow. You know, then they'd have to bring uh, Brandon or somebody else equally uh, uh, idiotic 
you know, to, to maintain their idiocracy where the, the smart people running things are behind the scenes and the idiots are all out front. Let me get back to my article. He says, Kennedy and President Donald Trump were good friends prior to Trump's elevation to the presidency. See, I find that fascinating. And it has been reported that Trump, who shared Kennedy's concerns regarding the link between vaccinations and autism, had promised RFK, that's Robert Francis Kennedy, the appointment of a balanced blue ribbon commission to study and report to the president on the safety and effectiveness of vaccinations. See, I always use the word safety and effectiveness because that's what the first thing the CDC and, and uh, Dr. Fascist and the health Nazis, they always say the same thing. Vaccines are safe and effective. Well, that's not true. They're certainly not safe. And it's certainly not effective. Well, the only thing they're effective at is, is hurting you and destroying your immune system and causing other kinds of problems, myocarditis, death, you know, that kind of stuff. Anyway, Stone says Trump's failure to follow through on this pledge is most likely a significant factor in Kennedy's decision to run in 2024. So we reported on this earlier. So apparently there was a commission that it was uh, Trump's idea. He wanted Robert Kennedy because, they, again, they were friends. They knew each other. Uh, they're both, uh, you know, Kennedy's Massachusetts and Trump's York. They're neighbors. So, of course, they, they travel in the same circles. You know, uh, Robert Kennedy and, and Donald Trump would be at the same cocktail parties. You know, they would be at the same power meetings. They'd be, uh, be, you know, in the same place. So of course, they knew about each other. Anyway, so Donald Trump wants to have a, a commission. And for some reason, it just didn't follow through. My suspicion is that Dr. Fascist and the health Nazis and Big Pharma uh, conspired to make sure that commission never met. That's my guess. But it would have been fascinating to see that. Uh, and I think Trump, that was part of his, uh, his mistakes that he didn't know about in the first term, where the deep state was working against him. And he really wasn't convinced that the deep state was all that big a deal. Now I think he's convinced. So now he's coming at it with his eyes wide open. He has a really good appraisal for what's going on. And if he's listening to Roger Stone, uh, he's got a really good idea of what the CIA uh, did in CIA LBJ assassinating uh, John Kennedy. Uh, and I don't know about Martin Luther King. That'd be something interesting to find out too. But anyway, uh, everybody knows. <laughs> you know, we all know. Anyway, so then he says, then the writer says, so th- that was the commission that should have met. So my, so what I came to the conclusion of on my show, um, when we did this like a week and a half, two weeks ago, was that Trump would win um, because I think Trump has to win. And I think he will win. But that Robert Kennedy would be Trump's secretary of health and human services. And so that would put him over the FDA put him over the CDC, put him over the NIH, put him over all the, the doctor fascists and all the health Nazis uh, in our health departments and all the, the, the revolving door types that want to go work for big pharma and big food and <laughs> big agriculture. And so they regulate these places, learn how to get around the regulations, then work for the corporations to teach the corporations how to get around the regulations. And that's, that's what this is all about. This is the game. So I would have a, Trump wants to have a cooling off period. I think it's seven years before you can work for uh, uh, a company that you regulated. I would say never. If your career choice, you know, is to work for the government regulating an industry, you can never work for them. Never, never, never. You know, so if you're in the FDA, you know, uh, and you're regulating foods and drugs and things like that and agriculture, then you can't work for any of those companies. So where can you work? I don't know. Aerospace engineering, you know, uh, oil drilling. (laughs) There's a bunch of places you can go, but you can't go. You can't go to any place that you regulated. You know, computers, high tech. Sure. There's a lot of places you can go. There's an infinite variety of jobs that aren't food and agriculture and drug related. But yeah, that's where they seem to go. And the same thing for any agency. Anyway, let's get back to this here. So Trump's failure to follow through. See, I don't know if it's Trump's failure to follow through or he got distracted or sidetracked by, I don't know, two impeachments, a couple of bogus investigations and all the other crap that was going on. 
Then Roger Stone says, while the odds of RFK wrestling uh, the presidential nomination from the Democrat establishment candidate are narrow, the prospects of Kennedy impacting the process are great. This is where it gets interesting, right? I believe that if he is Roger Stone speaking, I believe that if he can pull together a minimally effective campaign, he could gamer as much. Oh, Garner, I'm sorry. This is, I'm trying to read all this stuff here. He could garner as much. Well, it looks like gamer. <laughs> the title will break in the, the printing here. He could garner as much as a third of the Democrat primary vote. See, that'd be huge. Robert Kennedy gets a third of the Democrat vote. I might even vote. You know, I, know, I know Trump's going to win Florida. So wouldn't it be interesting to register as a Democrat and vote for Robbie Kennedy? But the Republicans will say, well, don't too many of you do that. You know, we've got to make sure Trump wins. Okay, Trump's going to win in Florida. <laughs> Give me a break. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, and just, uh, you know, I don't know. Let's, 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 uh, let's have a little – what if I re- – I'd do that. I'd register as a Democrat and vote for Bobby Kennedy if he's on the ticket. Sure, I would. Why not? Then he said – Roger Stone says these voters will be dis- disaffected at the end of the process, particularly if the Democrat machine uses the same heavy-handed tactics on Kennedy that they used on Sanders denying him ballot access and then any meaningful date. Yeah, they could shut him out. They'll say he's not the real candidate. <laughs> Joe Biden's the real candidate. Robert Kennedy's not the real candidate. Oh, really? Roger Stone says, with Kennedy emerging as the leading vaccination skeptic in the country, <laughs> other than us, us here, <laughs> you know, and staking out an anti-globalist America first foreign policy view, those in Trump world would be wise to carefully monitor the process of his candidacy, just as a third of Bernie Sanders voters ended up voting for Donald Trump in the 2016 presidential general election. Did you know that? Did you know that a third of Bernie Sanders voters ended up voting for Donald Trump because they were pissed off in the 2016 presidential election? He says the votes garnered by Robert Kennedy could easily end up in the Trump column in November of 2024. Isn't politics fascinating? That's why I do it. It's so much fun. He says, given that America's state of peril, if RFK, this is Roger Stone talking, given America's state of peril, if RFK performs better than expected, the former president should consider the drafting of RFK as the Republican vice presidential candidate in a bipartisan unity ticket. I never thought of that. <laughs> that's, a, that's an interesting idea. I still like my scenario better. Robert Kennedy runs as a Democrat. Um, Trump runs as a, as a Republican Trump gets the nomination, but if uh, if Robert Kennedy doesn't get the Democrat nomination, that's a fabulous option. That Trump says, "Okay, I'm going to pick uh, Bobby Kennedy for my vice president." Oh, wouldn't that be fascinating? Aren't you glad you're alive during these times when all this, this really crazy stuff is happening? He says, and then 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 uh, Roger Stone says, "This idea is not without precedent." Senator John McCain really wanted Democrat Senator Joe Lieberman uh, as his running mate in 2008. McCain was ultimately talked out of the idea. See, this is a problem. When you get talked out of really good ideas, you know, then everything suffers. Trump never really made a mistake when he went with his gut instincts. But when he was talked out of things, he made huge mistakes. Don't listen to advisors. You know, do what you think, that's, you know, do what you think best. That's what I do on the show here. I, you know, what's, what's that line from, uh, remember the movie with, uh, uh, oh, what's it, Madeline Stowe. Absolutely gorgeous, right? Uh, it was the, uh, the movie... Um, the Last of the Mohicans. So you got Daniel Day-Lewis, a bunch of other people I don't recognize, Madeline Stowe, who's just drop-dead gorgeous. Well, at least she was then. Haven't seen her lately. Seems <laughs> like what, 80s or 90s. Anyway, um, but she says, you know, when, when turning down the British officer, uh, I've forgotten his name. Uh, sometimes I've seen other British productions. So he's actually a British actor. Right? So she says, I'd rather, you know, make the gravest of mistakes than surrender my own judgment. And I agree. I would rather make the great because you can even the gravest of mistakes you can usually correct. 
you know, I, if I do something really stupid on the show, I can say, you know, I did something really stupid on the show. And I would do that. I've corrected myself. I don't take credit for things I don't do. I do cre- take credit for things I do. You know, I'm not stupid. <laughs> you know, but, uh, but that's the whole point. But if you don't have your ego involved, if you can make mistakes and, and use that to improve your judgment, then that's a good thing. So I agree with Madeline Stowe. Because I'd like to have her on the show as well. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, I'd rather make the gravest of mistakes and the, rather than surrender my own judgment. I think that's the way to go. Anyway, so Joe Lieberman's an interesting character. Uh, I actually was in touch with Joe Lieberman for a while. I think we sort of lost touch. I met him at, uh, at uh, the National Airport, Reagan National Airport in Washington, D.C. It's kind of funny, actually. It was the end of CPAC. I'm flying home. And CPAC's when I met Gordon Chang and Grover Norquist and all these amazing people. Uh, and I haven't been able to get back to a CPAC convention since. But this one, so I'm sitting in the airport. And there's a guy sitting right across from me on the phone. And you've you got to figure, you know, in Reagan Airport in Washington, D.C., half the people there are politicians or government people or uh, spies or lobbyists or who knows what. So I'm looking at this guy. It's like, I know I know him. I didn't, it didn't immediately you know, trigger my brain as to who it was. And then it hit me. And I looked at him. He says, yeah, what do you want? I said, are you? He says, yeah, I am. You're, you're Senator Joe Lieberman, right? Yes. I said, can I talk to you about action radio? <laughs> That's exactly what I said. So, so I, I said, may I borrow that seat beside you? He said, okay, come on. You know, obviously, I didn't look like a threat. See, this is the nice thing about looking dorky and nerdy is that I get away with amazing stuff. So I sit next to Senator Joseph Lieberman. I tell him all about action radio. And uh, I might try and contact him again. But, uh, you know, people forget over time they get involved in different things. He'll hear about me. One day he'll see me on the news and go, I remember that guy. I met him at the airport. You know, that's, he's a sharp guy. I like Joseph Lederman. Independent. Um, he, you know, he was not, neither Democrat nor Republican. <clears throat> I respect Joseph Lederman. Don't always agree with him. Uh, and that's, that's cool. I, I much rather respect somebody and disagree with them um, than, than, uh, than have no respect for them at all. To me, if, if I have no respect for you at all, like Joe Biden, you know, you're, you're lower than, you know, whale poop. <laughs> As they say. Anyway, but uh, all right, so let's get back to the article. I'm almost done with this one. Uh, so Roger Stone says, whether a freshly nominated Trump, who I believe will sweep the Republican nomination, despite the obstacles put in his way by the deep state and the two-party duopoly that is increasingly frantic not to face him again at the polls, could persuade a Republican national convention to nominate Kennedy for vice president, whether Kennedy, having been manhandled in the Democrat Party nominating process, would accept such a nomination and whether state law in certain states would allow for the nomination of a registered Democrat on the Republican ticket are all potential obstacles to what I believe could emerge as a dream ticket. Well, you know, Bobby Kennedy is completely uh, um, thrown out, thrown under the bus, as they say, completely uh, have the election rigged against him. He could always register as a Republican. Or wouldn't that be fun? And he can change back to Democrat after uh, he either loses, you know, which he won't. You know, he, he can be a Republican, you know, in the Republican administration of Donald Trump, and they can always switch back to a Democrat afterwards. So that would handle all those things. So, so Roger Stone, that's an easy fix. So the last paragraph of this article, it says, no incumbent, pres- no incumbent president in modern times who faced uh, but beat back a significant challenge for re-nomination has gone on to be reelected. So I can figure what he said. No incumbent president in modern times who faced but beat back a significant challenge for re-nomination has gone on to be reelected. This includes Carter in 1980, who was challenged by Ted Kennedy, not Ford, who was challenged by Ronald Reagan, and not Biden next year. Uh, one thing is certain, however, the selection of RFK would silence 
those within the Republican Party who are today critical in retrospect of Trump's handling of the COVID-19 pandemic. Oh, I'm incredibly critical of Trump's handling of the pandemic. Unbelievably critical. I was critical from uh, before anybody else was critical. I was critical back in February uh, of 2020. Anyway, it says as well as that sentence again. One thing is certain, however. The selection of RFK would silence those within the Republican Party who are today critical in retrospect of Trump's handling of the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as building a bridge for thousands of Democrats and independents disgusted by Biden's fumbling foreign policy and the implication of the collapse of the U.S. economic dominance to vote for Trump. Yeah, I believe that. But I think it's a lot stronger than that. I think people are disgusted with Joe Biden because he's not the president. He's a fraud. He was installed as president. This is the government choosing the government. Not quite sure how, how bold Robert Rogers is to get into that. But uh, that, I think, would be fascinating. All right, take another break. Uh, any uh, live chat? Uh, I guess live chat's there. You know, let me see if I'm broadcasting. Yep, I'm broadcasting. My mic is still on. <laughs> I worry about things like that. 836, we're about a little over halfway through the show, and I've covered one article. <laughs> well, that's how it goes around here. All right, since I played all my commercials, let me play something else that might be kind of fun. Let's have a little fun. Let's have fun with the left. Let me play my, where's my Chaz? Yeah, so, so back, these are a little bit old, but I think they're still funny. So back during the, uh, the lockdowns, the, uh, the, the 2020 lockdowns, uh, I got really pissed off and I got creative. I don't get mad, I get creative. And so what do you do when you get creative? Well, you've got to do something. You know, you got to do something. <laughs> so apparently when, when the stores were closed and the businesses were closed, everything was closed. I had a lot of time on my hands. You know, so I came up with these very sarcastic uh, satire pieces. And so Chaz is the, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. That's that ridiculous place uh, in uh, um, Seattle, Seattle, Washington, um, that, uh, that no police, no laws, no rules, no nothing. So I, I made a little satire piece about it. Of course, I had to poke fun at Seattle at the same time. So Marco has a little comment. He says, still listening but working. Yeah, so Marco's at his job. Right? So he says, but I guess you don't need any guests to fill a three-hour show. No, I really don't, but I wouldn't want to do this every day. I actually really enjoy guests. I love my reporters. They're amazing people. They're all different. And again, they don't agree with me. A lot of times, you know, they don't. That's what makes it interesting. No one has to agree with me to be on the show. No one. That includes my own reporters. You know, it's, it's just that simple. I want people to be independent. I want people to think independently and creatively. Most of the good ideas, a lot of uh, articles and show ideas come from my reporters, come from my friends who post on Facebook. You know, there's, there's a lot of stuff that uh, I really rely on other people. This is not a one-man show by any stretch of the imagination. This is a cooperative effort. I just happen to be the one behind the microphone. But behind the person behind the microphone uh, is an entire group huge group of people. I wish it was a lot larger, actually, because I need, uh, I need everybody supporting. Oh, did I mention vaccine product liability? Yeah, yeah, there's a bill on that. Uh, go to writeyourlaws.com, click on, all, click on legislation, scroll down to all proposed laws, and I think it's like the fourth or fifth one down. You'll see it. All right, so let's, let's play the, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, known as Chaz. And this is a piece that I, that I made um, back during the lockdowns, back in a bit. Ah, Seattle, time to visit again, or for the first time. No matter how many times, you'll never forget this visit to Seattle. Watching the sun set on the west coast, the guitarists on the street corners, people walking, hanging around the many cafes and art enclaves, just taking it all in. From Pike Place Market to the first Starbucks, to the whales in Puget Sound, and views of Mount Rainier, there is nothing like Seattle. And now you can watch the sunsets glistening off the broken glass in the streets, various styles of bottles used for Molotov cocktails, 
fashion statements made with creative body armor, the use of improvised weapons, the never-ending art forms painted on every building, particularly the man parts, and the beautiful sound of voices in unison, expressing their fondest wishes and desires for your life and property. So how can you visit this enchanted never-never land of the Northwest during their summer of love? Snowflake Tours has teamed up with the Seattle Board of Economic Development, Tourism, and Riot Promotion to extend the warmest of welcomes to our latest attraction, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, affectionately known as Chaz. Soon to be called CHOP, but we like Chaz better. If you think Disneyland is a good time, it's nothing compared to Chaz. Chaz being an autonomous nation within the United States, protected by the Seattle mayor and city council, you can't just walk in like illegal aliens at our southern border. This is because there is a wall and guards openly carrying firearms in order to maintain the security of this new fledgling nation. So, there is a procedure to gain access. Snowflake Tours has made this an escorted tour for your safety, and so you'll be surrounded by people who look like you, White people will have an Antifa tour guide direct from their mommy's basement. But don't worry, they can protect you because they are fully indoctrinated and trained with the latest techniques of mayhem and street combat. Black people will be escorted by a member of Black Lives Matter. Fresh from riots across the country and funded by Amazon and other mega corporations, with their training and experience, you couldn't be in better hands. And of course, they speak black. Take in the wonders of Chaz while you are there. You can warm yourself by the burning book piles, Feel the camaraderie as you are swept up in a march or rally. Get a brief audience with our warlord, but not for too long, and be sure to make an offering. A blank check, signed, is preferred. Don't worry about the police. There aren't any, which is fine because there aren't any laws either. Businesses and attractions may not be there when you get there, depending on the needs of the people. The unique feature of this tour is that rather than enjoy the things that are already there, on this tour, it's what you bring to the table that counts. Money, supplies, there is a whole provision list of things like food, water, batteries, jewelry, and other commodities of exchange to choose from in donation to keep Chaz a people's paradise. On this vacation, you show up with full suitcases and leave with empty ones. That's what makes this tour so special. Chaz, a new nation, a new concept, coming to a liberal city near you. Joe Biden's Dark Winter. No freedom, no liberty, no guns, no representation, no oil, no coal, no nuclear power, no space force, no constitution, no family gatherings, no vacations, just taxes, work, misery, masks, lockdowns, and ever more government. This is what will happen if you let Marxists steal the election. This has been a public service announcement of Action Radio, reminding you it's time to get off your butt and save your country. And now, back to our regularly scheduled program. Okay, so I got my first article by Roger Stone done. 
and I had one more. Uh, I was I figured those would take like maybe half an hour to go over both of them, but apparently not. So uh, uh, so the title of the show today, The Politics of Roger Stone, and then slash more earth-shattering events. Well, <laughs> I think that was the first half hour. Uh, the rest of the show, we're kind of going with Roger Stone. So needless to say, uh, he does have a Substack. You know, uh, just the Stone Cold Truth with Roger Stone, and I'd love to get him on the show. Uh, find out about his arrest, so I, I know what to do during my arrest. You know, I want to join the club. You know, it's like FBI, KGB. I know you're listening. You know, you can't not listen. I mean, this is going to be the most powerful force of political change in the world one day. Now, I know that sounds arrogant, but think about it. When the people realize that people in each country in the world can write the, the laws that they consent to be governed by, this world becomes a different place. And I'm just happy to have, you know, kicked off the idea and let's, let's see where it goes. You know, I got the rest of my life to, to accomplish as much as possible. I'm game. And then we'll see who takes over for me because this ain't going away. <laughs> you know, it's like they say in, in, in uh, V for Vendetta, you know, you can kill a person, but you can't kill the idea. The idea has a life of its own and it lives in the hearts and minds of people. And uh, you can you can lock folks up. You can do what you want. You can torture. You can kill them. But you can't kill the idea once it's out there and it's out there. <laughs> All right. So. On a happier note, let's go to Roger Stone again, Stone Cold Truth of Roger Stone. He t- this article is titled, The Slow Motion Collapse of Ron DeSantis. Florida Congressman Byron Donalds and Corey Mills' recent endorsement of President Trump is further evidence of the erosion of the political prospects of Governor Ron DeSantis. All right, before I even read the article, and I sort of skimmed it a little bit, let me give you my, my take on Ron DeSantis. I like Ron DeSantis. I met Ron DeSantis at a rally when he was still a member of Congress. That's also where Matt Gates was there, Sean Hannity was there, uh, Jim Jordan was there. And so it was really interesting. Jim, I actually got to talk to Jim Jordan for a couple of minutes. Fascinating guy, real basic, really down to earth, really genuine human being. I'd love to get him on the show sometime too. Uh, but I want to have reasons to talk to these people. So I want to have bills that we're, we're doing. If he sponsored vaccine product uh, liability uh, uh, legislation or if he wants to uh, help with our constitutional amendment, to take away the power of Congress to borrow money, or if he wants to get our, our big tech censorship bill out there to eliminate censorship, uh, all the other things we want to do, uh, the illegal alien asset forfeiture bill, something I wanted to cover during the show. I may actually get to that next. That might be uh, uh, something good for us to cover. And I'm going to uh, finally, it's been way too long, um, get our, our uh, bill to ban uh, drug advertising on media, just like they ban cigarette advertising. So my take on Ron DeSantis is that uh, he is a great governor of Florida, right person, right time. Um, he really owes that to Donald Trump. Uh, and the only people really pushing Ron DeSantis to be president are people that hate Donald Trump. I don't know if Ron DeSantis' heart is in this. He doesn't talk about it. He hasn't declared. He doesn't give any indication that he wants to run, but he doesn't want to object to the people who are trying to push him into this because he doesn't want to cut off the money. So he's trying to balance the, the donors that hate Donald Trump, that want to give him a whole bunch of money that he needs, you know, because he's not rich like Donald Trump, you know, uh, to, to give the impression he's running for president when he's really not. I don't think he's running. I've never thought he was running. I think he's looking at 2028. That's why the book tour and, and the book that's out and things like that. I do not believe for a second that Ron DeSantis is running this term because it'd be stupid to. He's going to lose. He's going to lose to Donald Trump. So he's going to waste a lot of money, waste a lot of political capital. Uh, and why wouldn't, why, if you're Ron DeSantis at 48, 50, whatever his age is, right? Uh, why, if you're Ron DeSantis, would you run this term when you're still young, you know, have lots of political life left? Wouldn't you run in 2028 where Donald Trump has already served his terms and can't run again? And he'd be a great advisor, a great benefactor. He'll be the senior statement, statesman uh, of the Republican Party at that point. But why would you take on President Trump now? Take him on in four years when it's an open, uh, everything's going to be open then. 
And, and who are the great Republicans that are going to rise to power uh, to become president? Well, I can think of a few. Kerry Lake, Christy Noem. Uh, who else is big in the Republican Party? I'd like to see president. Um, don't know. I'll have to think about it. Those two are the first that come to mind. Kerry Lake and Christy Noem. They're two of my favorites uh, for, for a president. But uh, let's see. Let's see what happens. Anyway, the article says uh, Florida – this is back to uh, the, the – let me get the title again. Roger Stone says, the slow-mo collapse of Ron DeSantis. He says, Florida Congressman Byron Donalds, a surprise endorsement of President Donald Trump, followed by the endorsement of newly elected uh, Congressman Corey Mills, not to be confused with Corey Bush uh, in Missouri. She is a, 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 an ab- she's an absolute racist, hates white people, black woman, very loud. Corey Mills is somebody entirely different, white dude. <laughs> so don't get it too confused. So it says, followed by the endorsement of newly elected Congressman Corey Mills, is further evidence of the erosion of the political prospects of Governor Ron DeSantis, who, to the surprise of some, not me, surprise of some, has turned on the man who solely and completely, uh, who is solely and completely responsible for his elevation from the position of obscure and relatively unknown congressman to the governorship of the Sunshine State. Yeah, Trump basically gave the governorship um, of Florida to Ron DeSantis. He says, perhaps 2018 is too long ago for many Americans to remember that the entire Florida Republican establishment, that would be the Jebus Republicans, right, including all 67 Republican county chairmen, every elected Republican state representative, state senator, or every Republican member of the Florida congressional delegation had endorsed former congressman and Florida agricultural commissioner Adam Putnam. Anybody remember that name? Adam Putnam, right? In that year's Republican gubernatorial primary. So they, so they endorsed Adam Putnam for Goober, <laughs> okay, in the gubernatorial primary. I'm sorry, I just like saying that. So what Matt Gates did, he must have, he's by the Florida delegation. He must have endorsed Adam Putnam too. So the agricultural commissioner, uh, he was pretty good agricultural commissioner. Would I want him as governor? Hmm, he would have been okay. He, wouldn't, he would have been a lot better than uh, Andrew, the, the drug addict. Uh, Willem, Willem, whatever his name. Oh, hopefully, I'll come up in the article. But he ran against the, the former mayor of Tallahassee, who eventually was indicted on drug charges. I'm not making that up. You can look it up. Andrew, oh, it's the last name. And I think it starts with a W. When we get to the. But uh, so yeah. Anyway, so all so Adam Putnam was was the man. He was the man for the Florida uh, Republicans, uh, and that would be all our Republican commissioners here. I'm gonna. So the, the county chairs. You know, I don't even know who the county chair is here. Why? Because they don't endorse me. They don't support my bills. They don't, uh, you know, the Republican Party does not care about action radio. I'm sorry. That's a fact. If they did, they'd be on the show. They'd be announcing events. They'd be endorsing our bills. They'd be publicly talking about them. They'd be posting them to their websites. They'd be bringing them up in their meetings. They'd be asking people to copy the links and send them into Matt Gates and everybody else in Congress. And they'd be doing things to actually, you know, advocate citizen legislation. But they don't. So I don't care. Don't have any use for them. That's just the way it is. Article says those with a better memory have noted the abject refusal of Congressman Ron DeSantis to endorse Trump in 2016. What's that line from uh, Richard Gere from uh, uh, Julia Roberts in, in, in Pretty Woman? <laughs> Big mistake. Huge. <laughs> okay. So Congressman uh, Ron DeSantis uh, to endorse Trump in 2016 didn't do it. Even after the New York billionaire, that would be Trump, came out of nowhere to seize the Republican presidential nomination. DeSantis became a, quote, fierce Trump defender only after Trump was elected. Seizing the opportunity to come out to Trump's attention by defending him against the, quote, Russian collusion hoax on Fox television, as well as conservative talk radio. So after the victory is won, he shows up and says, up, oh, here I am. <laughs> you know, where y'all been? Oh, we got a new person uh, on, 
Uh, John Sam one, we have a new person on live chat. Live chat's actually a really good way to communicate with me. I don't check it as often as I should because it's blocked when I do an article. So be patient. Type in stuff. I will get to it. I do, I do check periodically. So John Sam one says hello. Well, good morning. Let me type in a good morning here. Good morning. I'm tapping around a microphone. It's not easy. Anyway, so uh, let's see. So John Sam one, you know, feel free to post a comment. Say something outrageous. I don't care. Ask me a ridiculous question. I'm game. Let's, uh, let's do it. Uh, if you like the show, tell me why. If you don't like the show, tell me why. There we go. So back to, back to, to, to so the, the, the gradual decline of Ron DeSantis. And see, he's not fighting it. You notice he's not screaming and yelling, yes, I really want to be president. He's not saying that. Because he knows he can't beat Trump for the nomination. So why try? And he knows that in four years, it's going to be completely open. In 2028, the Republican nomination is completely open. That's going to be fun to watch, too. Don't worry. I'll be around. <laughs> At least I hope so, God willing. Anyway, the article says from Roger Stone, it is only the tweeted endorsement of Donald Trump that allowed DeSantis to skyrocket past Putnam and seize the Republican gubernatorial nomination to be chief goober. How quickly DeSantis and his wife have forgotten. That'd be Casey. I met her, too. She's really nice. How quickly DeSantis and his wife have forgotten this cringeworthy television commercial in which DeSantis seized the Trump mantle in order to win the gubernatorial nomination. All right. So the article. So obviously he's got a he's got a video of that. So you have to go to Trump's. You have to go to Roger Stone's article uh, titled. And it's from Stone Cold Truth to the Roger Stone. <clears throat> this article is titled The Slow Motion Collapse of Ron DeSantis. To just scroll back down. Then he says, even then, Trump had to rearrange his schedule in the closing days of the 2018 campaign to hold three rallies in Florida in the final two weeks of the gubernatorial race to literally drag Ron DeSantis, a lackluster candidate with little knowledge of state issues, across the finish line by a mere 30,000 votes. Yeah, Ron DeSantis barely beat uh, Andrew Gillum. That's his name, Andrew Gillum. He's the, uh, the, the convicted uh, drug addict, uh, drug buyer. He's he like on a drug bust, right? That's this, this is what happened to him after he was mayor of Tallahassee, runs for governor, almost got it, and then later on uh, gets caught in a drug sting. Oops. <laughs> uh, anyway, like, so Ron DeSantis was not that popular, not that big a candidate. Trump basically gave him the, the governorship. Now he's doing a fine job. I mean, it worked out really well. But uh, what, what's that saying? Don't bite the hen that feeds you? Anyway, article says DeSantis would raise and spend over $100 million on re-election, and although he would win a solid victory, his campaign produced media almost as embarrassing as his, his jock-sniffing Trump ad in the 2018 primary. I say, I don't remember that one. That just sounds disgusting. I don't, even, ugh, I don't know. I don't look at these videos now. And then he says, who can forget when DeSantis let Florida voters know that God had anointed him to save the state and the nation? Oh, chosen by God. Yep, there's the video. Then it says even more embarrassing is the ad in which DeSantis, a self-styled tough guy, declared himself the top gov, as opposed to top gun, right? Mimicking the popular movie featuring Tom Cruise, Top Gun. Notice, by the way, a little side note here. Notice that Top Gun uses F-18s or F-A-18s. You know, um, why do they use F-A-18s? Because the F-35 sucks, that's why. It's not maneuverable. It can't dogfight. Uh, it's designed for long-range battle. It's got really good electronics, but the damn thing, you know, is a, is a terrible airplane. We've talked about it before. So if the F-35 is said, go ahead, make, go ahead, make Top Gun with the F-35. Go ahead, make one. You're not going to see the F-35 in a, in a movie because it sucks. It's a terrible airplane. It costs billions of dollars. You know, in fact, Trump should have canceled that program long ago. Build a good fighter. Take the F-16 back to its original, you know, dogfighter. 
you know, two Sparrow missiles, two Sidewinder missiles, and a really good gun with a lot of ammunition. Make it a dogfighter. That's what it is. It's not a ground attack plane. You know, make the F-15 the air superiority fighter. So you put your, your big radars and, you know, extra missiles and stuff on the F-15 with a really good gun. But build a, a lot of cheap F-16s, you know, with basically four missiles and a really good gun with three times the ammo. <laughs> you know, so really the only two airplanes you need to – three if you have three airplanes to, to pick to, uh, to build and, and battle the world, we'll make it four. We'll give, one of the, give a couple to the Navy. Uh, and I'm surprised the F-16 isn't carrier – uh, worthy. Maybe it's because the, the big intake is under the airplane. I'm not sure. For whatever reason, F-18 is perfect plane for carriers. So you've got the F-18 for carriers. You've got uh, the F-16 is the dogfighter. F-18 is too. F-18 is like a little bit of everything. You've got the A-10 for ground support. You've got the F-16 for, for dogfighting. And you've got the F-15 Eagle for the high stop, way, way up high, the, the air superiority fighter. So that's all you need, four airplanes. The F-18, the F-16, uh, the F-15, and uh, scrap the F-35. <laughs> just scrap it. It's just too much money. I mean, that's how I build my Air Force. So, so uh, is it Robert Sperry, Canadian aviation consultant, talked about airplanes are best when they do one thing very well. Now, the Navy is different. If you can have one plane on a carrier, that's because you've got a limited environment. If you have one plane that can dogfight and attack the ground, that's good. So now you have one plane instead of the way they used to have the, uh, the Navy. You'd have the F-14 Tomcat, which was a dogfighter, but it was huge. And they used to have the, A-10, the A-6, uh, was the, the intruder, was the, was the ground attack plane. And they had a really good plane, the A-7 Corsair back in the Vietnam days. If I bring that back, it was a fantastic airplane. Subsonic, ground attack, excellent airplane. These had the A-4 uh, Skyhawk. That's one that uh, John McCain got shot down in. Um, so they had a lot of different airplanes trying to do the same thing. But you, the FA, FA, which is Fighter Attack 18, does everything and does it well. So, you know, not would it be a better fighter if it was only a fighter and it would it be a better ground attack plane if it was only a ground attack plane? Sure. Now you've got to put two planes on your carriers. Carriers have limited space. So if you have one plane that works, it's best for that. But the Air Force, they have big runways and they can put bases, you know, get friendly uh, bases all over the world with a decent treaty. So you don't, you don't need carrier space. You just need, you know, a place with, a, with enough runway to land your F-16s, your F-15s, and your A-10s. That's it. That's all you need. A-10 for ground, F-16 for dogfighting, and F-15 for high-up interception. Problem solved. That's your Air Force. <sighs> but I do digress. Back to the article. The standing of DeSantis in both state and national polls soared in the immediate aftermath of his smashing Florida victory. On the other hand, his failure to rally to Trump's support in the face of the illegitimate lawfare unleashed by Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg. Alvin! This is when we should be playing the, uh, the chipmunks. Alvin, Simon, and Theodore. Me, I want my hula hoop. I can't go that high, right? You know the high stuff, right? So how come every time, if you, if you want to have some fun, if a news reporter were really good, every time they said Alvin Bragg, you'd hear the quote, you'd hear the clip from uh, the chipmunks. Alvin, <laughs> yeah. I want my hula hoop. Anyway, I did, you know, but just think about that. So every time you hear Alvin Bragg, just think chipmunks, okay? Alvin. And back to the article. And his subsequent attacks on his benefactor go down in history as some of the worst political timing in modern politics. So let me read that sentence again. This is Trump's support. So on the other hand, his failure, that's Ron DeSantis, to rally to Trump's support in the face of the illegitimate lawfare unleashed by Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg and his subsequent attacks on his benefactor go down in history as some of the worst political timing in modern politics. In other words, you effed up. 
Ron. <laughs> Put this in plain language. You screwed up big time. And continue to screw up. And that's why you're going to stay governor. A good governor, uh, perhaps a great governor one day, but a governor nonetheless. Roger Stone says, just the same, the recognition by DeSantis and his wife that the anti-establishment America first wing of the party is still in the, the ascendancy uh, on the governor's thematic claim to be Trump without the chaos might have positioned him well for 2028 and beyond. And he, at a mere 42 years old, and he's a baby, simply waited. We mentioned that earlier. He's young. I don't know he's 40, 42. I thought he was older than that. But 42? That means he'll be 46 uh, in 2024? Still a baby? You know. Anyway, says, in fact, those who argue that DeSantis is more electable against the Democrats in a general election have it exactly wrong. By mounting a treacherous and backstabbing presidential candidacy, DeSantis has won what will be the undying enmity of a substantial number of non-Republican Trump voters who will never support his candidacy, even if he were to somehow become the 2024 Republican nominee. Yeah, I agree. Ron DeSantis, A, has no chance of, of becoming the nominee, so fighting to do so at this particular point, given his age, youth, and inexperience, as Ronald Reagan said, would be incredibly stupid. Doesn't mean he won't do something incredibly stupid, but I'm telling him that, Ron, it'd be incredibly stupid. I think he knows that. That's why you don't see him talking about being president. You see everybody else. You know, uh, Ed Rollins in particular has ads all over Newsweek. We need to draft on to Ron DeSantis to run against Donald Trump. Why? Donald Trump is, is historic. Donald Trump is going to do unbelievable things, especially when he takes on some uh, um, action radio legislation. Oh, did I mention vaccine product liability? I should probably talk about that at some point during the show. Yeah. Anyway, the governor, back to the article, almost done. The governor is also playing more traditional political games. For example, promising his old law school roommate, former Nevada Attorney General Adam Laxalt, who people forget is the son of Paul Laxalt, I'm sure, right? The, the former uh, senator who was good friends with uh, um, Ronald Reagan and uh, who else? Um, Frank Sinatra and the Brat Pack out there in Vegas. You know, he's uh, he's. Uh, Oh, Nevada, you know, where's Vegas in Nevada. So I think uh, Paul Laxalt, you know, with the Brat Pack, you know, basically cleared the way for Adam Laxalt. Gee, what a big surprise. The son of a former senator um, becomes a Nevada attorney general and wants to, uh, wants to run. Gee, shocked, what I am. Political dynasty. Who would have thought, right? Anyway, so it says the governor, let me start again. The governor is also playing more traditional political games, for example, promising his old law school roommate. Uh, Adam Laxalt, as well as Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody, that they will both be U.S. Attorney General. <laughs> well, well, that's interesting. That's kind of stupid, too. Uh, I don't know if I want uh, Ashley Moody or Adam Laxalt as U.S. Attorney General, uh, even if, uh, you know, um, Ron DeSantis becomes president in 2028. No, quite frankly, I'm thinking Sidney Powell, uh, General Mike Flynn. Who's gotten really screwed over, you know, by uh, by all these the, the justice folks? Who else would be good? How about James O'Keefe? No, he's not a lawyer. No, he's not. But he knows he knows a lot of stuff. He'd be an interesting attorney general, wouldn't he? I don't think there's anything in the Constitution that says the attorney general has to be a lawyer. Same thing about Supreme Court judge. And I say judge not out of ignorance, but out of actually knowledge, because the Constitution, in Article Three, says Supreme Court judges. It does not say justices. So anybody who uses the term Supreme Court justice hasn't read the Constitution anytime recently. Just a little point to think about. Okay. 
So back to the article. My voice is kind of going. I've been talking for two hours now. I'm kind of fed up. <laughs> so I'm going to play you more stuff uh, during this last hour of the show. All right. So uh, back to this. At the same time, DeSantis hopes to shuffle Lieutenant Governor Jeanette Nunez, whose unhinged attacks on Trump on Twitter have probably destroyed any upward mobility she might have statewide in Florida, off to a hopeless race for mayor of Miami-Dade County in 2024 in order to deliver the governor's mansion to Florida CFO Jimmy Petronas. Doesn't that sound like a mafia name? Sorry, Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy, it sounds like you should be talking like this. Yeah, so I'm uh, Jimmy Petronas. I'm like the financial guy in Florida. Sorry, I can't do that with the state of my voice right now. Um, Anyway, he says, none of this really matters, as DeSantis will not be leaving the governorship early once the uh, entirely compliant Florida Republican legislator repeals the current state law that would require DeSantis to resign from state office before seeking federal office. Let me go over that again. As I tried to, Jimmy Petronas, yeah. You know, actually, he's a really cool guy. You listen to him speak, he doesn't sound like that. Um, but it just didn't, when I first heard that Jimmy Petronas was the, the, the chief financial officer of Florida, hey, Jimmy. Yeah, it just it sounded like you should be talking like this. Yeah, I got the Florida finances all under control. Yeah, no problem. Anyway, last line. None of this really matters, as DeSantis will not be leaving the governorship early. Once the entirely compliant Florida Republican legislator repeals the current state law that would require DeSantis to resign from the state office before seeking federal office. I think you should keep that law. Keep that law. You know, I don't want governors running for president while they're still governor. Because, you know, then that just means your office was a stepping stone. So last paragraph here, the only Florida governor in history who has successfully been able to name his successor is Democrat Lawson Childs, who did so, unfortunately, by dropping dead. That's what he said in the article. You know, it's rather gruff, but he says, whereupon Buddy McKay became governor. I don't even know who that is. With his courageous endorsement of Trump, Congressman Byron Donalds has already emerged as a formidable contender for governor of the Sunshine State post-DeSantis. Yeah, see, I was wondering what Matt Gates was going to do. I think Matt Gates is more headed for the Senate. That's my guess. Um, but uh, or or uh, uh, really high up position uh, in the Trump administration of 2024. Byron Donalds uh, would be interesting uh, as governor of Florida. So you should definitely look him up. Fascinating character, very strong on, on the issues. No wavering, no no compliance, no no uh, um, compromising, no nothing. So you'll see Byron Donalds a lot. I've seen him on Fox, but more so on Newsmax and One American News is where you'll find him. Oh, uh, the only person to ever uh, put uh, me on uh, a national show, specifically talking about our legislation, Emerald Robinson, uh, is going to be on um, with, uh, with uh, Dan Ball of One American News tonight. I saw a preview. I saw his recorded show this morning at five o'clock. <laughs> I'm up at four. You know, give me a break. Anyway, so so that's that's gonna be fun to do. So I'm in touch with Emerald. Uh, hopefully she will uh, get me in touch with Dan Ball. I'd love to be on Dan's show, talking about our legislation too, because you know this is a bill that that I, I don't know if I mentioned this vaccine product liability. You know, you go to writeyourlaws.com, you you click on legislation, which is the second item on the menu bar. You you go down three to all proposed laws. Those are the laws we're submitting to the legislatures. Uh, and uh, there it is, uh, vaccine product liability. Copy the link, send it to all members of Congress, uh, all the, the media you know, everybody, every friend and family member you have, ask them to send it in, and away you go. All right, I may end the show early just because I'm tired. <laughs> it's been a long day. I'm good for two hours, but three hours now, that's too much. All right, let me find my, uh, some of the other things I used to play from my sarcastic pieces, and uh, let's see what we've got here. I already played Chaz. Uh, my favorite one is the new normal church and grocery store. I'm going to save that one uh, for later. Let me get you my, uh, where's my Christmas greeting? <laughs> this one's really bad. 
Uh, so this is what this is when I play around Christmas time, and then I'll give you the January white sale. <laughs> that's another that's another uh, very uh, dangerous and sarcastic piece. So we're at Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. Let's look under C. Chaz, I got my Chinese gong. Haven't played that for a while. This is how I get people's attention. Where is my uh, my Christmas greeting? I wonder where I put it. Huh, this is the Jerry White Cell. I might play that one. That one's pretty bad, too. I want to play my Christmas one. Uh, no, more, no more church. Sometimes I'll play things and forget where I put them. Oh, then play a commercial. <laughs> Let me set this one up, and then I'll play you another one. Um, so what time is it now? 9.07. 9.07. So Pianchi and I were talking. I'm surprised I haven't heard from him today because he usually calls in, calls in when I don't have other guests. So Pianchi and I were talking, and Pianchi was talking about Governor Northern, Northrop, Northern, whatever is it, the guy in Virginia, but in blackface, just like, um, um, just like uh, um, uh, what's his name in, in Canada, uh, Justin Trudeau. So I don't know what liberals have this fascination with appearing in blackface. I guess they hate being white, which is kind of funny, actually. Anyway, so uh, so we were, I was uh, talking to Pianchi, and he says, wait a minute, I have to... Uh, um, appear in white face every morning with that white shaving cream. He's, and of course, I'm dying laughing at this point, right? Because Bianchi, just, just the way, I love the way Bianchi talks, right? So he says, uh, he says yeah, man. <laughs> you know, and I, I got that white shaving cream. <laughs> you know, um, If you didn't know Bianchi was black, just you listen to his voice quality. Unbelievable. Uh, it is fab. He's one of my best friends on the show. So I can poke fun at him. But, uh, you know, if Pianchi told me he was a white guy, I'd be really surprised. Anyway, so we're talking, and Pianchi says, look, and he says, uh, i got to put this, this white shaving cream on my black face. He says, it's crazy. So, of course, I came up with, uh, with a new product called Pianchi's Picture Perfect Face Saving Shaving Cream. So while I'm looking for, <laughs> while I'm looking for my, my Christmas greeting, uh, let me play this for two. It's a little shorter. So this is the kind of sarcastic commercial I want to make more of. But, again, this is a particular time. Everything was locked down, so I got really creative. And for Pianchi's response to uh, white shaving cream, <laughs> I came up with this. It's morning, and you are a proud black man. You go to the mirror. You are reminded of Governor Northrop of Virginia and Prime Minister Trudeau of Canada, both of whom appeared in blackface. And there you are. You just put on your shaving cream. And what do you see? Whiteface. It's bad enough that leftist aspiring dictators are choosing to go in blackface, but you, proud black man, have no choice but to appear in whiteface every morning you shave. Now, direct from Pianchi Laboratories, comes a great new product made especially for you, proud black man, Pianchi's Picture Perfect Face Saving Shaving Cream. Yes, Pianchi's Picture Perfect Face Saving Shaving Cream will give you your blackface back during your morning shave. For Pianchi's Picture Perfect Face Saving Shaving Cream is the first ever black shaving cream. Pianchi's Picture Perfect Face Saving Shaving Cream comes in three shades. Dark, darker, and darkest. So now, proud black man, you have a choice. You can stay in white face every morning, or you can join black men everywhere and choose Pianchi's Picture Perfect Face Saving Shaving Cream every morning. Yeah, I don't expect to hear that on a national radio show anytime soon. Oh, I can't wait because I, I actually have a YouTube channel of all these, you know. So if you go to Action Radio uh, on YouTube and you find the shows with our with our logo in the center of it, uh, you can listen to all these. And there's a bunch of them. Um, but I uh, definitely had fun. I found my Christmas one here too. So I'll play this for a couple minutes. So uh, just to set you up again, back 2020, lockdowns are going on. I'm pissed off. I'm I'm feeling creative, and so I made these very satirical pieces. 
And around Christmas time, I'm thinking, you know what? What would an action radio Christmas look like? And I know we just passed Christmas a few months ago, but that's okay. It's still funny anytime. Uh, this is what I came up with. So if you want to uh, pass this on next Christmas to all, all your loved ones and family, if you want to gear up for another COVID, you know, this is back when, when uh, they were saying you can't get together, you, know, you can't meet, everybody has to wear a mask, don't, don't celebrate Christmas, all this other ungodly, unnational, uh, unfamily, uncountry stuff. You know, so it's like the, the left hates God, family, and country. So, of course, you know, we embrace it, but I like to embrace things with comedy. And then I came up with this little Christmas greeting for all of you to share. Hello, everyone. It's that time of year again. So here is just a friendly little message from your Action Radio revolutionaries. In preparation for Christmas and New Year's, we have just a few ideas and suggestions to make your holiday complete. Granted, these are times of adversity brought about by bureaucrats in what we affectionately call the leftist lockdown orgasmic power trip. But don't let a completely illegal, martial law style abdication and removal of your constitutional rights get in the way of a decent glass of eggnog with friends. After all, six-foot social distancing is a completely false concept for a virus that can linger in the air for hours in aerosol form, can be sneezed well over 200 feet, can travel through an entire 10-story building central air system in a couple of minutes, and goes through a mask like a mosquito through a chain-link fence. So, no matter what you do, everyone is getting exposed sometime. Leaving the healthy people alone accomplishes this in about 10 weeks. So, this should have been done the end of May. Speaking of masks, besides being a violation of your Fourth Amendment rights against seizure of your person, in this case, your face, without due process, the state can't make you wear a mask. So, go home if you're sick, but if not, go free face, as all real Americans are doing, and enjoy the Christmas season. Apparently, there is a deplorable lack of New Year's resolutions this year. Well, I have one, hmm, to resist. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to restore and rejuvenate that inner rugged individual the left has tried so hard to put behind a mask and lockdown, and I'm going to resist. So, you find a creative way to resist, there's your revolution resolution. Remember, folks, those Twilight Zone episodes where people wore masks? They were supposed to make you think, not make you copy them. Family values should be emphasized this Christmas with the traditions that bind us together. Sit as close as you can at dinner. Remember those wet kisses from Grandma when you were a kid? Engage in spirited debates. Don't forget to use serving dishes where everyone sticks their own personal fork and spoon in, all in the interest of sharing. Remind everyone that closing churches violates the First Amendment. Closing businesses without criminal convictions violates our Fifth Amendment right to life, liberty, and property. And closing schools denies our kids their right to an education. So, you may want to point that out to your governors and mayors this festive season so they understand their transgressions and can repent. I would have suggested you go to New York this year, but quite frankly, they don't have the balls to celebrate New Year's. (laughs) No, really, the ball isn't dropping. Maybe we should rename Times Square Tiananmen Square West. Remember that there are many great gifts you can share this Christmas, particularly AR-15s and AK-47s. Those tend to warm the heart. As we say at Action Radio, world peace through strength. Just remember that everything the government tells you is wrong. So if you want to avoid COVID, don't take the vaccine. Go to the beach instead. Get that sunshine and vitamin D. Stay away from home. Engage in commerce and business. Travel as much as you can. Work out at crowded gyms. 
drive extensively, preferably with the windows open, patronize businesses that are in open rebellion, and resist, resist, resist the Dr. Dictatorship. In closing, let me just say Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and Happy Hanukkah. Muslims, you don't have a holiday at this time, so just go eat Chinese food on Christmas Eve and meet some really nice Jewish folks. Hey, they might be your neighbors. This is Greg Penglis for Action Radio. See all the fun we have here? <laughs> Let me play you one more thing and then I'll be back. Action Radio. Part of the ADHD Radio Network. The ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take. That is Action Radio. First one I can remember doing, uh, where I didn't totally collapse, <laughs> uh, broadcasting all by myself here, you know, and so no reporters, no guests, no nothing. Uh, I have I have three reporters scheduled on Wednesday, but uh, hopefully they'll all be back at some point, uh, and I'll, I'll get back to a normal show. But I'm actually, you know, in a strange way, I'm kind of enjoying this. It's an interesting challenge uh, to be able to do this much. Now, tomorrow we do have guests. Um, we've got the first hour is me, uh, and the second hour we've got Rebecca Hardy, who is the head of Texans for Vaccine Choice. Um, did I tell you we had a vaccine product liability bill? Yeah, I, I'll talk to her about that too. Uh, and in the, in the hour before that, so, oh, actually, no, we do have a guest in, the, in this first hour. Um, I got it in my calendar differently. It's the third hour I have open, so I'll, I'll figure out what to do then. But no, I think the third hour is taken up too. No, actually, we have, we have guests. <laughs> tomorrow is filled with people. So uh, 7 o'clock, we're going to start off with Michael Volpe. And he's got a thing on, uh, on the, the, the trans altered people uh, taking over family court and really screwing up kids. So we're going to talk about that at the 7 o'clock hour. In the 8 o'clock hour, we have, this is all central time. We have Rebecca Hardy, Texans for Vaccine, vaccine Choice. In the 9 o'clock hour, uh, we have CJ, CJ with her Wellness Watch. So I have nothing but guests tomorrow. So today I'm by myself just rambling. And tomorrow I've got uh, really cool people. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, all, all kind of related around health. So that should be uh, uh, quite interesting too. All right. Something that happened just before I came on the air. Uh, well, it's actually been going on for a bit, but uh, I first heard about it just before I came on the air. Apparently, it's been a little bit of a leak in the Pentagon. <laughs> you know, apparently, there's some documents that have been released uh, on the true nature of, of how badly uh, the Ukraine is being totally crushed and destroyed by, uh, uh, by Putin and uh, his forces and by Russia. So they're losing really badly. Uh, Colonel Doug McGregor, who I've had on the show, uh, has talked about this. Uh, he's been saying it on Dan Ball's show for, for you know, most of the war that, first of all, he said Ukraine can't win. Uh, and then he says Ukraine is, is losing badly. And that was the only outcome that could have ever happened. Russia is not going to let Ukraine beat them. <clears throat> I mean, that's just, that's just, uh, that's, that's, sorry about that. That's just a given. Any more than Kennedy was going to let uh, nuclear missiles uh, stay in Cuba. It wasn't going to happen. So the only outcome was, was how it was, they're going to be removed, not if 
Same thing here. The only question is how Russia's going to win against Ukraine, not if. And so th- there was never a reason to go there. Dr. Pry, Dr. Peter Pry, one of my favorite people, still miss him on the show. You know, killed by the COVID shot, as far as I can tell. Uh, talked about this. He said, we could have avoided this war very easily. There were six things that Putin wanted uh, to avoid war. And the most important was don't make Ukraine part of NATO. That's easy. <laughs> okay, fine. So you, you, you stop making, see, the biggest problem with NATO is they're trying to make more nations in NATO uh, to get more money from the United States. And that's what it's all about. Once you get a NATO, you get money from us. So the first thing Trump should do is pull out of NATO and say, okay, great. You guys do it. You got enough countries now. You fund it. <laughs> you know, and that's what I hope Trump does. But apparently there's some, some people actually in the government still loyal to the United States. Hard to believe, right? But they are. Those are the people that need to be in the Trump administration. So somebody or some bodies have released all kinds of classified information about how much Ukraine sucks in terms of military power. And it's really unfortunate because I don't wish any evil on the people. I mean, they're being really hurt by this. and They're being killed by this. They're, their lives are being ruined by this. And there's no reason for it because Ukraine was never going to win. So what kind, of, what kind of person fights a war that they're never going to win? Well, Zelensky is doing it because he's getting money. He's getting rich off this. He'll, he'll be, he's set for life. You know, he's got the, uh, the bio labs. He's got the, uh, the money laundering uh, from the, the, the Clinton Foundation and all the other Democrat money and Republican money. So basically, he's becoming the, the, uh, the, the, the political mafia money laundering piggy bank. So he's, he doesn't care what happens to his people. The guy was a stand-up comic. I don't, even, I don't even know if he was a good one. At least if we had Robin Williams for president, his heart would have been in the right place because he cared about people. He cared about the country. Yeah, that would have actually been funny if Robert Williams were president. Can you mention the press conferences? <laughs> that, oh boy, anybody, if I, anybody does a really good Robin Williams impression? Yeah. yeah have, Robin, have Robin Williams as president doing a press conference. All right, anyway. So if you want to find out about the U.S. government, the last place you go is the U.S. media because the U.S. media totally sucks. They're still saying really absurd things like President Biden when he know, we know he stole the election, given to him by Mike Pence, the Republicans and the Democrats of the deep state. Uh, to basically keep Trump out so that our country would suck. That's what the goal is. They want to make the country suck. So you either want to make America great again or you want to make America suck. Moss. <laughs> so make America suck. Moss. <laughs> so what we need is no moss. <laughs> okay. That'd be, that'd be a, great, uh, a great slogan. You know, uh, the, and, and people, because no moss means no more in Spanish, right? And so it'd be really funny if we start having, uh, I'm going to talk to Josie about this. We've got to make uh, hats that say no moss. And have like periods between them. So no M-A-S, no mas, which means no America suck. <laughs> no make America suck, M-A-S. That's, uh, I just thought, you know, anybody wants to, to patent it and make a contribution to Action Radio by stealing my idea? Okay, I'll, I can live with that. All right. So let's go to the Indian press uh, from the nation of India. Uh, not, not American Indian. That's different. And this is the website is called First Post, F-I-R-S-T-P-O-S-T, First Post. And it's out of India. And uh, I don't know, this is by FP Explainers. I guess, I guess they call in, in India, the journalists who explain things are called explainers. It's kind of interesting. So the article says, the Pentagon leaks. Who leaked U.S. classified documents and what has been revealed? <laughs> yeah, this is better than any article you're going to find in the U.S. press. This is great. It says over 100 documents containing U.S. classified information have been leaked on various social media platforms. Isn't this great? <laughs> it says the leak believed to be emerging from the Pentagon details the losses sustained by Russia and Ukraine in the war and also how Washington has been spying on Moscow and its allies. Oops. Yeah, see, it's, you know, every country spies on each other, but they don't acknowledge, they don't want it written about. 
you know, it, we don't want to, it known that uh, the U.S. spies on Israel, England, France, you know, Ukraine, Russia, China. We know they spy on, on our, 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 so, our enemies, our so-called enemies, but we spy on our friends, too, and they spy on us. But you're not supposed to talk about it. It's not polite conversation at cocktail parties, right? So now, now we find out that uh, everybody knows that we're spying on them. Great. <laughs> I don't care what happens to Brandon. It's, it's not a legal administration. He is not commander-in-chief. He is not president of the United States. Nothing he does is lawful. It's awful, not lawful. Big difference, right? So the article from the explainers of the first post of the Nation of India says the United States, it seems, has a documents problem. <laughs> I love the way they write in India. Uh, another WikiLeaks on its hands. Others say, uh, others say, another WikiLeaks on its hands, others say. There we go. Over the past few days, the U.S. is dealing with the blowback after a large cache or cache of classified Pentagon documents, including maps, charts, and photographs, uh-oh, <laughs> surfaced on the Internet. Well, if you remember, I posted a, a map of uh, the war in Ukraine not too long ago. Just look up a war of Ukraine map. It's got all the places where, where battles are happening, all the, all the attacks. It's got, and that was open to the public. And I had it published on my Facebook page a while ago. I'll find it again. It's easy. You can find it. Anyway, so <laughs> the article says the leak has led to the Justice Department carrying out an investigation. Yeah, no kidding. With Pentagon, Pentagon spokesperson Sabrina Singh saying on Friday, we are, that's Singh, S-I-N-G-H, she is a Sikh, because no white men allowed in the Brandon idiocracy, right? So everybody you talk to is going to be female, uh, probably of color, as opposed to females of no color. Uh, definitely no white men, except Brandon himself, which is kind of interesting when you think about it. But he's there because he's stupid. <laughs> he, he, nobody, he's a minority of people that are that stupid. I mean, there can't be, that, there can't be more than five in the country that stupid. Uh, so that's why the so under the white guy, he gets a white guy pass um, because he's the head of the idiocracy and say whatever he's told to say and actually believe it, even if it's completely wrong. So the economy's great. We've got lots of oil. You know, our military is is really strong and uh, everything's fine. <laughs> there is no inflation. <laughs> uh huh. Anyway, so Sabrina, Sabrina Singh of the Pentagon says we are aware of the reports of social media posts and the department is reviewing the matter which means they haven't a clue what's going on. They have no idea who did it, and they're too embarrassed to tell you. That's the translation. Then it says, we, have, we take a closer look at the leak from what's been revealed behind the leak and what happens next. See, India is doing a really good job here. Right? So the first part is, what's, what leak? Then it says, over the past few weeks, several classified documents, some even marked top secret, found their way on the Internet. According to a researcher in Bellingcat, or Bellingcat uh, the online investigative group, the documents first appeared on the anonymous... Uh, image board uh, 4chan in March. Is that the QAnon folks? <laughs> 4chan. So uh, Q, Q's back. <laughs> this, this strikes me as I didn't think of that until just now. This is definitely a QAnon operation, okay? But they're not going to say that because they don't want to give any credence to QAnon. I'll bet you this is the uh, the now that I think yeah yeah I'll bet you this is the internal security folks that actually believe in this country. This is these are the folks. This is QAnon. This is definitely QAnon. The fact that they're doing it. Under the, uh, the the face of, uh, of anonymous, in other words, the the face mask from the movie V for Vendetta. This is this is. I just talked to Josie about this. Hey Josie, if you're listening, call me. Does this strike you as QAnon? I'll bet you. Anybody else there? A live chat. We used to have a QAnon reporter. We had a QAnon report. We didn't care. We don't worry about that. That uh, those those nasty characterizations. We don't care on this show. We're after truth. This is QAnon. This is definitely QAnon. Ah, here we go. Let me go back to where I was in the article. I'm, I'm just thoroughly pleased with myself right now. 
Okay, photographs. Yeah. This is the has led to the Justice Department carrying investigation, did a review in the matter. Yep. We take a closer look at the leak from what's been revealed. What's behind the Okay, I read that. All right. Next question, what leak? Over the past few weeks, several classified documents, some even marked. Oh, I read that. I think my, my, my site must have moved a bit. Uh, so where, how far did I get? Uh, there we go. So let's, let's start again. Over the past few weeks, several classified documents, some even marked top secret, found their way on the Internet. According to a researcher at Bellingcat, the online investigative group, the doc, that uh, the documents first appeared on the anonymous image, and that would be QAnon, right? Uh, even though they're not saying it, uh, anonymous image board 4chan in March. So I have to look up Bellingcat, and I have to look up 4chan. So let's just make a couple notes. Bellingcat. If you want to look it up yourselves, it's B-E-L-L-I-N-G-C-A-T, and of course 4chan. I thought they were out of business, but I guess they're back. They don't have a need to be. And then it says, since then, different documents, including maps, photographs, and other sensitive data, have been revealed on social media platforms such as Telegram and Twitter. A huge part of the documents are pertaining to the state of the Ukraine war, but there's also information about South Korea's hesitance to supply ammunition to Ukraine, as well as the flourishing of the Wagner mercenary group across the world. Now, I never heard about them until this morning, about half an hour before the show. Yeah, I've got that article, too. I'll get to that. Then it says U.S. officials have said that most of the documents that have surfaced online are real. Oh, boy. With only some being altered. Oh, boy. However, it is still unclear who has doctored the documents or the reason behind it. Yeah, I don't know about that. We'll see. We'll see. We know that the war in Ukraine is going badly. We know that the U.S. government is, uh, the, the insurrection government is lying about it so they can get more money and keep an imaginary war going when, in fact, uh, Ukraine is losing horribly and they're going to have to lie about it when they finally do lose. Back to the article. The New York Times has reported that most officials believe that there is a strong likelihood that an American official leaked the information. I would say several American officials got together. This doesn't sound like a one-person job. This is definitely a QAnon anonymous operation. I can't be sure because no one knows who these people are, but just, you know, this looks like them. Anyway, so then it says, however, investigations are still being carried out on whether it was actually, whether it is actually a leak or a hack. Oh, that's interesting. Article says the Wall Street Journal reports that an approximate, that an approximate 100 documents first appeared on the group uh, on the Discord messaging platform. Well, there's another one, Discord. D-I-S-C-O-R-D. And uh, yeah, there we go. Messaging platform. It reached a larger audience when a user reposted the documents to another group. From there, at least 10 files migrated to a much bigger community focused on the, Microsoft, my, the Minecraft computer game. Put this into a computer game. Hey, here's new information for your computer game. Yeah, the the the, the your your video game, your video game game. Here's here's classified information on the Ukraine war. Here, put this into your into your computer game. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is funny. Uh, then it says, uh, and last Wednesday, a Russian propaganda account on Telegram posted a crudely doctored version of one of the documents alongside a few unedited ones. Hey, Russia, I got news for you. You don't have to doctor the documents. Just publish the real ones. They'll be bad enough. And you'll be a lot more credible, Russian idiots. Then it said, what has been revealed? This is the next subheading. The intelligence leak is shaping up to be one of the most damaging in decades, officials said. Well, damaging to who? Damaging to the people who are lying about Ukraine? Yeah. Damaging to the United States? No. Damaging to U.S. citizens? Hardly. Actually, it's a huge benefit to us because it proves what we've been saying all along. 
that the Biden insurrection is an illegal government that lies to you at every opportunity and everything they do is illegal. They're totally screwing up the country. They've reversed everything Trump did that made things good so they can make things suck, so they can make America suck. I'm telling you, no mas. No make America suck. Yeah, it's my new, my new ball cap. I just got to find one and have it made. And people will say, what does that mean, Greg? No mas. No more? Basically, no more. It's an interesting thing. Got to talk to Josie. I got to find a, well, I think I've got a place that embroiders hats. I got to find a cool hat and then put that on there. No mas. No make America suck. Then it says, uh, back to the article. It says, but what exactly has been revealed in the documents? Good question. The lead documents offer a very tantalizing and unique view of the Russia-Ukraine war, which began in February 2022. The cachet, or cash, depending on your pronunciation, of documents reveal that Ukraine is suffering heavy losses in the war. <laughs> no kidding. Especially in Bakhmut. That's B-A-K-H-M-U-T. Oh, by the way, it's pronounced Kiev, not Kiev. Only an idiot pronounces it Kiev. The Russian letters make it spell Kiev. It's been Kiev for thousands of years. Kiev. Got it, Brandon? Idiot? Idiocracy? Then uh, the article says it also outlines the critical shortages of air defense munitions. Yeah, apparently the Air Force, uh, Doug McGregor was reporting that the the air defense radar is basically gone. (laughs) They have no radar. They have no air defense. So where are you going to send the airplanes? What, visually? I think there might be some uh, Russian planes out here. Yeah, good luck with that. So once they're painted by radar and shot down by guns and missiles, then then they won't have an Air Force. I think fighters are pretty much obsolete anyway. Uh, everything's going to be a computer-controlled drone war. You're going to have unmanned uh, aircraft shooting you know, uh, missiles and, and uh, firing guns and dropping bombs, and all the, the operators will be in a satellite uh, computer link on a desk far, far away. All right, article says the documents also included training schedules of 12 Ukraine combat brigades, revealing that nine of them were being trained by U.S. and NATO forces and needed 250 tanks and more than 350 mechanized vehicles. They also include details of expenditure rates for the munitions under Ukraine military control, including the HIMARS rocket system. What's that? Well, think about this. The documents include training schedules. So that way the Russians know and everybody knows you know, how these people are being trained, where they're being trained, what the schedule of training is and where they're going to be, and what weapons, revealing that nine of them are trained by U.S. and NATO forces, which means nine out of 12 Ukraine brigades are being trained by us and by NATO, not by Ukraine. Well, that means we're heavily involved in the war, but we knew that anyway. Now there's more proof of it. Let's see what a HIMARS system is. Explained. Back to first post again. The U.S. made HIMARS rocket launchers that Ukraine has to kill over 100 Russian troops. Since Kiev successfully deployed the U.S.-manufactured HIMARS weapon system to attack the city of Makiva, killing 400 soldiers, one of the deadliest attacks on Moscow troops, Moscow troops, not Moscow, Moscow troops in the war. While Russia has made a surprise admission of the attack, it contests the figures, saying that 63 of his men uh, had died. Then you got a uh, basically this is a uh, this is the launch truck. It's fired. This missile is fired from a truck. Uh, HIMARS, high mobility artillery rocket system. HIMARS uh, is produced Lockheed Martin. Well, we know that name uh, during combat uh, training uh, in the high desert of Yakima Training Center. So you got a nice little photo here of the HIMARS. HIMARS stands for, once again, High Mobility Artillery Rocket System. So it's basically uh, uh, delivering artillery by rocket as opposed to by artillery shell from cannon. Interesting. Now, excuse me, I've never heard of this weapon. So it's very interesting to have it, uh, have it there. Maybe I should take a, mute myself for a second. <laughs> I'll be right back, as they say. Okay, I'm back. I'll grab some water while I'm here. You try talking for three hours. Mm. even with a couple of minute break. 
All right. Anybody else? Uh, uh, oh, it says so. Uh, back to back to uh, live chat. You had Douglas McGregor on the show. Yes, I did. A couple times. So what you want to do if you want to find where my guests uh, are, or if you want to look up a guest, you go to your broadcast page. You look at the top. You'll see a little search window. You write Action Radio, comma Doug McGregor, or whichever guest you're trying to look up, and then with any luck, that show will appear. I've got five years of shows at Blog Talk Radio. So uh, that's how you find our previous guests. You, know, you can look up Christina Bob, uh, Peter Navarro, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Uh, Robert Malone, uh, Robert Spencer, David Stockman, uh, Ed, uh, um, what's his name? Ed, no, Ed Dowd was just on you know, a week ago Thursday. Uh, you look at, let's say look up any of the guests on our show. You won't find Donald Trump there yet, but I'm working on it. Okay, so anyway, so leaked documents. Uh, da, da, all right, read that, read that. Uh, let me see where, let's get back to where I was. What's been revealed? Training schedules, here we go. The leaked documents also reveal how deeply Russia's security and intelligence services have been penetrated by the United States. Ooh, that's not good. <laughs> okay. Now, that's the kind of thing that Trump would have kept secret. Now, why would, think about it, why would uh, U.S. patriots reveal how much we have penetrated Russia's security and intelligence services? if not to make the Brandon government look bad and put Russia even more on guard uh, to help get this war stopped, because we shouldn't be there. That's the only reason I can think. Article says the documents contain daily real-time warnings to U.S. intelligence agencies on the timing of Moscow strikes and even at specific targets. This has enabled Washington to prepare Kiev for the attacks and its defense. Well, that's like when we were in uh, Vietnam. And we had to report, we report to the United Nations in where we're going to strike. Of course, the United Nations immediately told Vietnam, <laughs> you know, so they knew when we were coming. And the ambushes were waiting for our soldiers. Well, that's just criminal. You don't sacrifice soldiers by reporting where we're going to attack and let the enemy ambush. And even though we shouldn't have been there, that, you know, that's, that's a horrible crime, right? So Washington tells Kiev where the attacks are coming. Now, Russia, of course, they, they know what's going to happen now is Russia's going to change all their, uh, their security and intelligence policies and people. They're all going to go through the, 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 the Russian investigation, which you don't want. And it's not just the lie detector test. You know, Russia doesn't mess around. So they're going to clean all that up, and it's going to make us much harder next time to investigate what they're doing. Because everybody spies on everybody, but we can't talk about it. But this is a way to sabotage our involvement uh, in this war, because Russia is going to go, wait a minute, what the hell's going on here? No wonder we're losing soldiers. So it's interesting that the way to stop the U.S. government from maintaining the war in Ukraine is to help the Russians. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. There you go. The documents contain daily real time. I read that. This is, okay, here we go. The leaks also seem to indicate, so you won't read this in the U.S. press. The U.S. press is not anywhere near this involved. The leaks also seem to indicate that the United States is also spying on Ukraine's top military and political leaders. I guess we're spying on both sides. That's definitely a Hillary Clinton operation and a Barack Obama. Yeah, the, this is yeah, this is what they would do because they don't trust anybody. That's what happens when you're a paranoid dictator with delusions of grandeur and you want to and you want to assassinate your own country. <laughs> you get suspicious of everybody, right? So this is, the leaks also seem to indicate that the United States is also spying on Ukraine's top military and political leaders. That would be uh, Zelensky, right? And the spying doesn't stop there. The leaked documents have also shown that Washington is spying on its allies. Oops. Something that could hurt U.S. diplomatically. Oh, boy. This is going to be so much fun. <laughs> I can stay with first post. I, I like this, in, this source of Indian news. 
you know, I won't do my fake Indian accent because I, I don't want to be disrespectful. I, I'm disrespectful enough with my accent, but this time I'm going to hold off this time. Then it says the leaked documents reveal that South Korea, a key ally of the U.S., <laughs> I'll put in for now, <laughs> is torn about supplying ammunition to Ukraine. Well, they should be. This is because of its political policy of not providing lethal weapons to countries at war. Makes sense. Why would you provide weapons to countries at war? <laughs> you know, I mean, I understand that, but it's interesting South Korea's policy. All right. Having been through the Korean War, which never officially ended. So they want U.S. aid, but they don't want to go out against their own policy. So they're kind of caught in the middle. Well, we'll see what happens. Then it says there's also documents that reveal that the Mossad is Israel's foreign intelligence service, actually secret police, right, has encouraged its staff and citizens to participate in anti-government protests that brought the country to a standstill earlier in March. Oh, really? <laughs> So is the Mossad behind the uh, uh, protests against Netanyahu's reform of their court system? Huh. Watch for a lot of firings at Mossad <laughs> in the next couple of weeks. Then this is the documents also disclosed that the hack that a hacking group under the guidance of Russia's Federal Security Service, the FSS, formerly known as the KGB probably, might have compromised the Canadian gas pipeline in February. Well, that's interesting. Now, that we know that Canadians were involved um, with our uranium. Remember uranium one? where Hillary Clinton gave away 20% of our uranium, went through a Canadian company and ended up with Rostrom, the Russian uh, energy uh, co- company, which is government controlled. Oh, this Canada. What are you, well, Justin Trudeau. What, what, what are you screwing up there, Justin, <clears throat> when you're not in blackface? Then it says the leaked documents also reveal the internal plans of the notorious Wagner mercenary group and also how it's strengthening its presence across Africa and Haiti. One of the disclosures is that Wagner sought to purchase armies arms from Turkey, a NATO ally. Now, what I didn't know until this morning before the show is that the Wagner mercenary group is Russian. If it were German, it'd be Wagner, you know, but it's Russian. So why would Russians call something the, the, the Wagner group? Well, it turns out they're a bunch of Nazis, which are German. You know, it is, it's, <laughs> the plot thickens, right? Well, I'll get to that article in a minute. We got time. Then it says, in early February, Wagner personnel met with Turkish contacts to, pr- to purchase weapons and equipment from Turkey for Wagner. Now they, print, now they spell it Wagner. Oh, that's interesting. They spell it with a W in the, in, the, in the first paragraph. They spell it with a V in the second paragraph. Wagner's efforts in Mali and Ukraine. So which is it? Is it Wagner or Wagner? Now I'm curious. And Wagner was a great German composer. Remember the Flight of the Valkyries? Bum, bum, ba, da, bum, 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 ba, da, bum, 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 ba, da, bum. You know, Hitler's favorite song? I, I, Look, I'm just putting things together in my head. Don't mind me. Then this is one report as seen by the Washington Post states using a variation on the spelling of the group's name. Oh, that's who did it. The Washington Post spelled it Wagner instead of Wagner. Okay, so now I'm curious. So what's the Washington Post involvement? And did they, uh, the Washington Post who originally revealed, you know, uh, all the the corruption of the Nixon administration. Remember all the president's men? Remember um, who the two reporters uh, Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein that basically exposed Watergate and the whole Nixon corruption and creep the committee to reelect the president. That was the Washington Post back in the, when they were an actual newspaper, back when they actually printed newspapers, not, not pamphlets, you know, and they actually had real news. Not now when they're a propaganda arm of the Marxist left. But there was a time when they were good. I got a message coming in, something on my phone beeped. Yeah, we'll catch it later. Oh, then it says uh, Fox News, small U.S. military presence revealed the embassy in Ukraine. Fox News, you are so far behind this article, I'm not even going to bother with you. This is my new, my new source, the Indian uh, First Post. So go to First Post, F-I-R-S-T-P-O-S-T. These people know what's going on. Well, they don't want the, they don't want the Russian 
uh, Ukraine war to expand to India. Let me get my map. Hang on. I have a globe handy at the desk behind me. Let's take a look. So India, India is right next to China, uh, and with Russia by way of Afghanistan. Uh, what else do you got there? You got Pakistan, Afghanistan, Tajikistan, Kazakhstan, and then Russia. <laughs> so India's not that near Russia, but China is. Huh. Let me, let me uh, put my map back and continue with the show. Okay, so they misspelled it. Da, 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 da. Here we go. So there's also that's Mossad, read that, hijacking group, uh, disclosed a hacking group. Uh, from Wagner right now, Canadian pipeline. Uh, in early February, Wagner personnel met with Turkish. Okay, so here you go. The, the report further states that Mali's interim president, Asimi Goida, G-O-I-T-A it looks like, or Goida, no, Goita, had confirmed that Mali could acquire weapons from Turkey on Wagner's behalf. So everybody's supplying this, this Russian uh, um, mercy force. So who are the folks we have? Was it uh, who are the people? BlackRock or Black something? Uh, Blackstone? Who are the American mercenaries that are all over uh, Iraq and Afghanistan? I think it's Blackstone. Anyway, um, interesting. So so uh, Marco writes from the Netherlands. Strange that you know Douglas McGregor, but you didn't know Scott Ritter. Well, Scott Ritter hasn't been on the show. <laughs> we'll put it that way. Uh, but I don't know everybody. Let's find you folks to help me out. So let's. So then first post the Indian press, asked the question, is Russia behind the leak? I don't think so. Uh, let's see what they say. It says, it is still unknown who's behind the leak. <laughs> QAnon. <laughs> that, that, that's against my vote, right? It says, however, Ukraine was quick to point the finger at Russia, calling it Russian information operation. In other words, a Russian, of course, here they call that a Russian disinformation operation. In fact, I'm sure that the, the branded insurrection has already said, this is Russian disinformation, even though it came from us. <laughs> yeah, right. How, so how did Russia implant in uh, U.S. intelligence forces, uh, U.S. documents that are fake. I don't think so. I think these are genuine documents. I think there's people that are disgusted with Brandon and the whole illegal, you know, insurrection, uh, and they want their country back just as we do. So I think that's a bit QAnon. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Mikhailo Podolyak. M-Y-K-H-A-I-L-O. Mikhailo Podolyak, P-O-D-O-L-Y-A-K, an advisor to Ukrainian, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky, uh, said in a statement on Telegram, i got to read more Telegram, that the leak is a Russian information operation and does not reveal Kiev's actual operating plans, which the U.S. knows because we spied on them. <laughs> Financial Times report on Sunday. That would be, I guess, the London Financial Times. Uh, probably co-opted, co-opted by the left as well, but that's just my guess. Article says, however, some experts don't agree with this view. One Chinese expert on international security told the Global Times uh, that the leak is unlikely caused by Russian intelligence agencies because this does not make sense. I tend to agree. Uh, Article says he said that if Russia had obtained the documents, it would not post them online as it would make Russia lose its source. Moreover, he noted that there is no reason for Moscow to let its enemies know that it has obtained this intelligence because this will also make its enemies change plans, making the hard-won military intelligence useless. Also, Russia doesn't want, to, doesn't want the world to know that the United States has spied on them successfully. There's no reason for Russia to do this, just like there was no reason for Russia to blow up their own pipeline, the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. That's why Brandon did it, and blame Russia. They blame Russia for everything. Which is kind of funny because the left loves Russia. They love Russian communism. They're probably mad that uh, Gorbachev, you know, took Russia out of communism and actually made it uh, somewhat of a republic, a corrupt one. 
you know, a, a kleptocracy, if you were, you know, a, a, you know, a government based on stealing and corruption, but, uh, you know, non-communist nonetheless. Then the last little bit here, it says, how did other countries react? It says, clearly the leaks put the U.S. in an awkward position. No, put the, put the branded illegal government in an awkward position. The U.S. is just fine, thank you. Then it says, France, an ally of the U.S., on Saturday reacted to the leaks, which revealed that French soldiers were in Ukraine. Oops. There are no French forces engaged in the operation in Ukraine, a spokesperson for the Minister of the Armed Forces, Sébastien Lengonu, was quoted as saying, the documents cited do not come from the French armies. We do not comment on documents whose source is uncertain. Well, they came from us. You know, but that doesn't change the fact that there's probably French soldiers in the Ukraine. Okay? So what they're saying is that the, the docu- you know, don't trust the documents. Well, what if they're true? And they said, well, we don't comment on that. We don't comment on, on the fact that Ukraine soldiers, French soldiers might be in Ukraine. We comment on the fact that uh, these documents did not come from, from us. Well, of course they didn't come from you. They came from the U.S. spying on you. Idiots. Last little bit. Even Israel's Mossad reacted on Saturday, denying information in the leaked documents, calling it mendacious. Well, that's a word that Brandon will have to have translated and with any foundation whatsoever. Uh, South Korea is also unhappy with the leak, with CNN reporting that officials plan to raise the issue with Washington. (laughs) I'm sorry, this is funny. Uh, Anytime uh, the deep state screws up, it's funny. All right, I got one little one last article left here. Let me see if I can get this last one here. This this Wagner group, this Wagner group. Let me check uh, live chat. Uh, okay, so live chat. We got about uh, twelve minutes left. So let me play you one more thing. Let's play you the new normal church and grocery store. My personal favorite of all the crazy things that I produce. It's still the best one. Uh, and then uh, let me get back to this this final article, and away we go. Hello, America. Looks like millions of you are in states where the governor dictator has said that food is essential, but God is not. Fortunately, we have a solution for you. We've combined your essential food shopping with a non-essential religious experience. Being in the same building and being completely intertwined, you can't do one without the other. Welcome to the New Normal Church and Grocery Store. Yes, the New Normal Church and Grocery Store is the first business of its kind to bring God conveniently into your food shopping aisle. Think of this as food for your body and food for your soul. No social distance or group size restrictions here. Upon entering the new normal church and grocery store, you will pick up your shopping cart. You can then choose from an optional mask with a Star of David, a cross, a crescent moon, a sun for you Shintos, a statue of Buddha, and for you agnostics, a question mark. Headsets are available to place sermons throughout your shopping experience. Some of the favorites include I'm Going to Heaven and You're Not, Die, Infidel, Die, Oi, What Not to Say During the Bris, and That Butterfly May Be Your Grandfather. To orient you to the store, the Kosher Jewish Deli is by the Western Wall. A simple shalom gets you service, but be prepared to haggle. For you Muslims, out of courtesy, we put the Halal Butcher by the Eastern Wall. Sharia store policies require the wearing of both a burqa and a mask, just to be safe. Protestants will find the Wonder Bread, Hot Dogs, and Steak in the Central Isles, where all the best-dressed customers can also be found. When you notice the smell of incense, you are nearing the Buddhist section, which is all vegetarian. For Catholics, communion is available in the bakery department by the wafers near the red wine section. Agnostics should go directly to customer service because you folks have no idea what you want anyway. Be sure to offer your confessional to the checker on the way out if you so choose. Please don't forget to first pull down the blind on the plexiglass screen. And if you require ministering, you can talk to your bagger as they push your groceries to your car because all our baggers are cross-trained in theology. 
the New Normal Church and Grocery Store, your combination alternatives to the separation of church by the state. Yep, looks like I'm going to make it through the whole show with a single call, all three hours, with uh, little interruptions from other stuff that I produce. So you, you get my, my voice for three entire hours. This is hysterical. So uh, have I ever given myself a round of applause? I know it's again, but I have no choice today. Yes, thank you, Greg. <laughs> from Greg. All right, first post, Indian uh, news. Uh, from the explainers, once again, we don't, they don't put... Uh, uh, actual people that wrote the article. They just have it listed as explainers. So this is from uh, December 12, 2022. So it's, uh, it's a few months old, but uh, it's still interesting about this group. It says, Ukraine strikes Wagner Group headquarters in Luhansk inside the Russian mercenary group. So the Russians have a mercenary group like uh, um, Blackstone, Blackwater, Black, whatever it is, the group that we have. They call them private security, the, the, the mercenaries, you know, or, or contract security. Whenever somebody dies, uh, in Ukraine, in uh, either Ukraine or Afghanistan or Iraq or, or someplace that we really shouldn't be, and they're not part of the U.S. military, they're called like a private contractor or uh, or something like that or private security. They're mercenaries. Let's get real. So the article says members of the Russia of Russia's Wagner Group were killed following an attack by Ukraine's armed forces on the ho- on a hotel. The mercenaries, also known as Vladimir Putin's private army. <laughs> that'd, that'd be like the FBI here, right? Except that's, that's uh, you know, Brandon's private security force. So Vladimir Putin's private army have been working in the shadows ever since 2014. Well, that's interesting. However, however, they are now in the spotlight as the war in Kiev grinds on. Kiev, folks, don't, don't say Kiev unless you're an idiot. Article says the war in Ukraine, now in its 292nd day, uh, and that was, uh, let me see, what was that? It's more than that now. This is from December 12th. So December, January, March. So it's, it's like, you know, 90 days more than that. Uh, shows no signs of abating. This is on Sunday. Reports emerged that Ukrainian forces had struck a hotel who's, where members of Russia's Wagner mercenary group were based. See, they say mercenary too, right? Luhansk exiled governor Serhiv Haidai, H-A-I-D-A-I, was quoted as saying that Ukraine had launched a strike on a hotel in the city of Kadivka west of the region's main center of Luhansk, causing fatalities. In other words, people were killed. While he didn't mention the number of casualties, he said, quote, a, lo- a huge number of those who were there died. I am sure that at least 50% of those who managed to survive will die before they get medical care. Oh, gee, that's interesting. Article says, as the fighting rages on, we take a closer look at who are these Russian mercenaries, who's leading them, and what role they are playing in the Ukraine war. You're not going to get this in the Western press, trust me. You've got to go to the foreign sources. It says, where, what is the Wagner Group? Believed to be founded in 2014, the Wagner Group, consisting of mercenaries, is a private military and security company. See, see Russia, they've got, they privatized. <laughs> yeah, they're equal opportunity. They've got the same kind of crazy stuff that we do. All right? We're not that different. China, that's different. <laughs> they're, they're a communist dictatorship. Russia's just the corrupt. I don't know what they are. We'll figure it out someday. Uh, I'll, I'll look more. I should start doing reports on different countries and what's going on there. Vietnam. I want to do a report on Vietnam. I'm really curious what's going on there. Anyway, so believed to be founded in 2014. It has been accused, this is the Wagner Group, of, of, of being used by the Kremlin to carry out covert operations across the world, even though Moscow has denied these allegations. See, I wonder if it's in the United States. Probably up to the southern border, right? Invest back to the article. 
Investigations revealed that the group was started by 51-year-old former Russian Army officer Dmitry Utkin, U-T-K-I-N, whose former call sign in, is Wagner PMC, better than PMS. Wagner PMC. It is not confirmed if he founded the group on his own or at the behest of the Russian government. I would guess the Russian government, but who knows? Then it says Utkin, according to a BBC report, is a veteran of the Chechen Wars, a former special forces officer and a lieutenant colonel with the GRU, Russia's military intelligence service. That's, that's the, the Russian, the military version of the KGB, <clears throat> the GRU. I'm not sure how much they spy on their people too. But if this guy's Chechen Wars, Chechens are, are uh, Muslim. The Chechens that uh, blew up our uh, Boston Marathon parade, that's where they were from. Um, so, so white folks that are Muslim uh, in, in Chechnya, that, that's where this is. And they've been fighting Russia for who knows how long. Article says, it is said that Utkin is a neo-Nazi. And according to some reports, photos of him had surfaced in March 2021, having three tattoos on his collarbones and chest with logos related to the Waffen-SS. That's the, the SS, that's the Gestapo. Those are the people that ran the concentration camps. The Waffen-SS, a military unit of the SS organization curated by, German Nazi, by the German Nazi Party, otherwise known as the National Socialist German Workers' Party, uh, the ultra-left. Okay, so the Nazis are part of the ultra-left. That's why they're white supremacists. The real white supremacists are always the ultra-left. Okay, we've talked about that before. So this is interesting. So what is it, this guy Ukin, a neo-Nazi? Why would Russia have anything to do with a neo-Nazi? Now I'm curious, okay? So it's interesting. Well, why would we import a bunch of German um, military people into our CIA for the same reason? They're, they're used to killing and they don't care. Maybe this guy doesn't care about killing. Maybe he's the perfect mercenary. I don't know. I'm just asking the questions. Then it says, Tracy German, professor of conflict and security at King's College London, interesting with the last name German, I just find that interesting, right? has been quoted by the BBC as saying that the Wagner Group first went into action during Russia's annexation, annexation of Crimea in 2014. Guess who was president then? Barack Obama. So the Wagner Group, which has never been talked about on media that I've ever heard in the United States, I just found out about, could go back as far as 2014 during Russia's annexation of Crimea, which the, the, uh, the Obama administration did absolutely nothing about. Because they don't care. They lead from behind, which, which means following. If you're leading from behind, you're following. Let's get it straight. Then the quote is here. It's mercenaries are thought to be some of the little green men who occupied the region. She says in the same BBC report, little green men, what, Martians? I don't think so. Then it says the Wagner Group mostly comprises of ex-military personnel in their 30s and 40s. In other words, recently retired. They, they still want to keep doing what they did in the military, right? Uh, often with criminal histories uh, or hailing from small Russian towns without much work. They have a reputation of being elite fighters inflicting heavy casualties. So this would be, so the Russian special forces are known as Spetsnaz. There was a TV show, um, uh, Greatest Warrior or something like that, Ultimate Warrior. It was on the History Channel. This is a real man show, much like uh, Forged in Fire. And so the Ultimate War, they pit people against each other like Genghis Khan uh, and uh, Miyamoto Musashi. <laughs> you know, so you'd have two people from totally different nations. Uh, or you'd have uh, Shaka Zulu uh, versus Geronimo. <laughs> you know, you, you, and they, they have these mythical battles. And they take the weapons of the time and see how they do. Okay? So anyway, um, but they talked about um, some of this, uh, how did I get onto this topic? <clears throat> they talked about, oh, they did a show with Spetsnaz versus our special forces versus like the Navy SEALs. 
as to who would win. I think, unfortunately, I think Spetsnaz won that one, um, which is kind of embarrassing, but it was a computer simulation. So, you know, blame the model maker. Anyway, so Spetsnaz is the Russian uh, special forces. Now, if you're Spetsnaz, if you're too violent for Spetsnaz, you know, then you become a mercenary. All right. Uh, it's like the, the French Foreign Legion. You know, in fact, we had, uh, who do we have on? We had somebody on, uh, on the show recently who was in the French Foreign Legion. I forgot who that was. Is this somebody I talked? No, they were on the show. I'm pretty sure. I'll figure it out. Anyway, but uh, yeah, so you figure that these, so, so when you're too violent for your own country's special forces, you become a mercenary. That means you're really dangerous. Or like I said, criminal, criminal histories, in other words, people trying to disappear, are hailing from Russian towns without much work. People want to actually do something. They have a reputation of being elite fighters inflicting heavy casualties. In other words, they're merciless mercenaries. <laughs> I got my one-minute warning, but I want to finish this article because this is interesting. The article says, researcher Isabella Curie at uh, La Trobe University tells Sydney Morning Herald uh, that the group, that's Sydney, Australia, Sydney Morning Herald, that the group recruits in code. They offer spots to, quote, musicians on tour for the Wagner Conservatory. Oh, that's why they're named after the German composer. That's that's the ex-Nazi, the neo-Nazi connection. Wagner, I was right. Wagner, who composed Flight of the Valkyries, Hitler's favorite song, bum bum ba da bum 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 ba da bum 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 ba da bum. That's where this comes from. So sorry to my folks who are going to lose the show. You got to catch the podcast for the last few minutes. Yeah, one minute left. I know, uh, and I'm not going to finish until I'm finished. But it's only just a little bit. So catch the podcast. You get the last little bit here. Musicians for the tour. Ten seconds. Uh, we're obviously ten. Uh, bye everybody <laughs> that's uh, listening online. Um, but uh, for the rest of you folks, I just. You know, when you catch the podcast, you'll hear this, this little bit here. So they offer spots to musicians on tour for the Wagner Conservatory. That's a great cover. This is hysterical. Or more recently for a picnic in Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, come to Ukraine for the picnic. Russia says, we come to Ukraine. We come here to visit. We come here to have lunch. <laughs> yeah, right. Then it says, sometimes they will pose with violins or other musical instruments. Well, they back in the, during the Depression, Al Capone. Yeah, I'll play you a tune on my violin. You know, they put... Uh, they're, they're Tommy uh, Thompson submachine guns in violin case. They actually did do that, by the way. I've seen one. And it says sometimes, back to the article, sometimes they pose with violins or other musical instruments in photos from the battlefield. It's a joke and everyone's in on it, uh, Curie says. It's just that the joke is terrifying. Yeah. So last little bit on this. Uh, what was a longer article than I thought? Maybe I'll pick it up tomorrow. Yeah, I'll finish it now. So it says, where have they been active? A report by the, the GRID or GRID states that the Wagner Group has operated in nearly 30 countries, even though they are illegal in Russia. Huh. In the past, the troops from Wagner have been deployed in Syria, Libya, Central African Republic, Mali, Sudan, and Mozambique. Hey, Africa, are you listening? <laughs> we have a lot of listeners in Africa, by the way. Then it says, in 2015, the Wagner Group fought along with the Russian forces at the Bashar al-Assad regime in Syria. As per a Wall Street Journal report, they aided... Uh, in the seizure of oil and gas fields and secured government infrastructure. So was the Wagner Group in 2015, did that have anything to do um, with stopping uh, or attacking our embassy in Benghazi when Hillary Clinton was running guns with uh, Chris, uh, Chris, what was his name, the, uh, the ambassador there uh, that got killed? Uh, anyway, him. <laughs> you know, they're running guns to uh, the, the ISIS folks to fight Assad. Maybe there's a connection. Wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> That'd be fascinating to find out. So I'm going to find out more about this Wagner group. Wagner fighters have participated in Libya's civil war on behalf of Moscow's preferred side. The forces led by rebel General Khalifa Haftar, leader of the Libyan National Army. This is probably post-Mohammed uh, uh, 
uh, Gaddafi. It says in both Central African republics and Sudan, Wagner has been hired by the government for security services and to guard diamond and gold mines. So you've got Russian mercenaries who are too violent for their own special forces guarding uh, private security, doing private security for African uh, companies. Hmm. Then it says recently the Wagner Group was also invited by the government of Mali in West Africa to provide security against Islamic militant groups. Uh-huh. Which would be ISIS trying to overthrow Syria, sponsored by Hillary Clinton and the leftist deep state. Then it says, according to the Washington Post, 800 to 1,000 Russian mercenaries are stationed in Mali, costing the government $10 million each month. Huh. A report in The Guardian, that's the British press, said that in March, the Wagner Group was suspected to have been involved in a massacre in Mora, M-O-U-R-A, Mali, where 350 to 380 men were killed. This group's dangerous. Then it says, where does the, I'm gonna, we're almost done. Then it says, where does the Wagner Group get fun, uh, find financing? Well, Western intelligence agencies have stated that the Wagner Group is financed by Russian oligarch Yevgenyev Prigozhin known as Putin's chief, for his lucrative catering contracts with the Kremlin and close ties to the Russian president. See, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a corrupt, what's, what's the word for a corruptocracy? Ruled by the corrupt? <laughs> you know, yeah, so catering contracts? <laughs> wow, that must be a lot of money and lunch. Then it says, for years, Prigozhin denied any involvement with the mercenary group. However, of course, they always do, right? However, in September, Prigozhin, P-R-I-G-O-Z-H-I-N, Prigozhin, finally admitted he owned Wagner, having been filmed touring prisons uh, to offer convicts early release in exchange for six months of fighting alongside Wagner in Ukraine. Oh, yeah, that's like the, the, the movie The Dirty Dozen. You know, they, they took all the prisoners who were scheduled for execution and said, fight for us and we can give you a parole. What a great place. I've said that, too. If you want to you know, take, take convicts, not, not illegal aliens, because they shouldn't be here if they're in jail, but uh, take American convicts and, and form a mercenary unit out of them in the military. Why not? Especially the murderers. You know, they've already, they've already proven their worth, okay? A little hard to discipline, maybe, but, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's what happens. Anyway, it says, how has Wagner Group contributed to the Ukraine war? Last little section here. Since 2014, the Wagner Group has trained and backed Russian forces, according to a Washington Post report. Oh, you do know about it. As of today, there are an estimated 1,000 Wagner Group mercenaries stationed in Ukraine. You can do a lot with 1,000 people, trust me. In the Ukraine war, they have been accused of committing war crimes. They also succeeded on some eastern fronts. Uh, where the Russian army has failed, helping take Papanska pa- and Lizychansk through, though with heavy losses. So defense experts say that since the war in Ukraine began, the Wagner Group has slowly moved out of the shadows, and Russian television lauds them as heroes, supposedly helping, quote, denazify Ukraine. Well, if they're being run by a, Nazi, a neo-Nazi, how, are you gonna de- how is a neo-Nazi going to denazify? No contradiction there, right? Then it says, this war has signified Wagner moving out of the shadows and becoming a kind of force in the Russian public uh, consciousness. I, I guess they're, they're like, you know, they've been outed, <laughs> so it's okay. In February, as the war broke out, they were also reportedly given orders to assassinate Ukrainian President Zelensky. Well, that's interesting. Many fear that mercenaries such as the Wagner Group could be taken up by more countries down the line, too, which would change the nature of war. No, I think it would just make it more... Uh, uh, it'd just be a bigger disclosure of what actually is going on. So first post, uh, this is all in our Action Radio Special Investigations Group. That's where you'll find all the articles up from today's show, Action Radio Special Investigations Project. Uh, and it's on Facebook. That's where you find it. All right, all I have left to do is play my musical selection for today. Everything else has been played. And so we'll get you a little, uh, 
little music on your way out. So, so have fun. Remember our websites, um, givesendgo.com if you want to make a contribution, uh, gregpenglis.substack.com for Substack and, and for your $10 a month subscription, uh, writeyourlaws.com for our legislation, and blogstockradio.com slash citizenaction where you find the show today. So let me get my music selection up here, and I'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m., with all guests. Today was all me. Tomorrow, all guests and all reports. Back then. Whoop, that's the wrong one. This is the one I want. Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.